It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome into episode number 239 of Jobbing Out. I'm not going to make you guess. I'm just going to tell you in a second. Um, I'm Glenn Clark, Brandon Linton, Aaron Oster, AJ Francis, in fact, is going to join us the main event later on in this week's show. We have a pretty massive show this week, uh, which is good because I don't know if we're going to be doing a show next week at all with the holiday. So, a um, lot to cover on this week's program. Uh, we have some guests. As I mentioned, AJ is going to be back to help us make picks. But also, perhaps you've heard of these guys. Um, Matt and, and Nick, they're, they're brothers of some sort. Uh, they're apparently professional wrestlers. Their last name is Jackson. I heard they kill the business. I've heard that, too. The Young Bucks will be joining us on this week's program. That seems noteworthy. The Young Bucks, AEW Tag Team Champions, will be checking in a little bit later on in the show. Um, guys, it's it's episode number 239 of the program because in, um, in poking around, and I can't confirm this number, but um, according to cagematch.net, um, in, in the life and the career of R.J. Meyer, the man known as the Bruiser, he allegedly wrestled 239 matches. Now, I'm going to guess the number that seems low. Yeah, was actually more than that, and the problem is there's just no way to keep track of all of the matches that someone has wrestled. Um, but, and I, we, apologies to those of you that aren't in our area. Um, I know we have uh, some listeners like out in the Seattle area. I know we have listeners from various places that AJ's been in his career. Um, and just pro wrestling fans um, that have discovered the show over the years for whatever reason. But in our area, uh, the Bruiser was everything in professional wrestling. Um, if you were a kid who grew up and wanted to go to a pro wrestling show locally, MCW, which has become truly one of the more significant independent promotions in the entire country, this was the man this was the guy. And, you know, Aaron, it was in that classic baby face type of way, right? Like, that this, this was, you showed up at MCW and immediately you wanted to root for the bruiser. Immediately. Mm-hmm. You, you, you wanted to be the bruiser. He was professional wrestling. I said this on social media earlier in the week. He was the reason why kids become professional wrestling fans is because they see this larger-than-life character, and they they desperately want to be this person. Um, And we lost Yeah, Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I I was going to say, you know, I remember... Boy, I want to say he was... was, I mean, he had to have been, because he has... Like you said, he has been to MCW. I remember going to an MCW show when I was... uh, Must have been 13, you know, late 90s, somewhere they were wrestling at a local high school or whatever. The Bruiser was there. I remember showing up to my first MCW 
as an adult, uh, 15 years later, the bruiser was there. Yeah. The bruiser was MCW. The bruiser was Maryland Wrestling. Um, if, um, for those that don't know, we lost the bruiser this week at the age of 44 after a bout with leukemia that, that we had known was unfortunately going the wrong way in recent weeks. Um, and he, it's about that he'd been battling for some time and it was, it's kind of known. And, um, you know, I, I talked to Brandon a bit about this off the air the other day. I'm, I'm very thankful. I just happened to have a conversation with Dan McDevitt, um, about two weeks ago. And I said, Dan, I, you know, I've been, I don't know exactly what's going on. I've been wanting to reach out to RJ. And he was like, dude, you need to like, you need to. And he was like, he knows it's weird. Like he knows that it's an uncomfortable time for everybody. But you need to reach out, and I'm I'm grateful that he told me that because it allowed me the opportunity to have one more conversation with RJ. Um, and and I I got to be honest with you, man. Like, you know, he, he, Bruiser had been on the show before, but we weren't close. I I don't want to oversell that. I wasn't close with Bruiser. I wasn't close with RJ. Um, but we knew each other really well, and he was a listener of, of my other show, and he was the type that would regularly reach out, like, just for, for no reason at all. Like, he would just regularly reach out um, to, to, to say something, regu- just to touch base, you know, the way that, like, when you realize you haven't talked to somebody in a long time. He was that type. Um, he was such a quality human being and the heart and soul of that promotion. Um, you know who the type of person he was? He was the type of person that literally, like, you know how we only know that it's anybody's birthday anymore because we see it on Facebook? Like, you know how that is? Yeah. And yeah. and what we'll do is we'll, like, you know, he was the type that would take out his phone and text you on your birthday. Um, like, he was that type of person. I I, I can't say enough about, rj meyer and i can't say enough about the bruiser either right like i think they they both stand individually the 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 character that he was what he meant to mcw and then the human being that he was either one of them alone are deserving of lengthy tributes that i am not you know capable of delivering appropriately because i would mangle the language and embarrass myself in the process but this dude was MCW, and this dude is the reason why we love professional wrestling. And um, it's a little too early for a lot of folks. Um, they're, they're not quite ready to talk because it really hits home when something like this happens. MCW is doing a really special event on Saturday night. Um, to celebrate and, and, and honor the life of the Bruiser. Uh, they'll be airing a, a really special programming on their social media accounts and on YouTube. Um, and they're, they're looking to one day down the road, you know, whenever we're allowed to be around each other again, they're looking to do a major show, like not just an MCW Arena show, but like a major show um, to just honor the Bruiser um, whenever we get that opportunity again. But... We're going to talk to um, MCW's ring announcer, Danny Mays, a little bit later on in the program. He's a buddy of ours. He's a great dude and um, someone that was also seriously impacted by RJ, by the bruiser. And, um, you know, I, it, I, I don't know. What I, I don't know. I, I never know how to move on from something like this because yeah. we're going to do a show. I, I just and, want to add one more thing, though. And, yeah. and for these are this specifically for the people who, who may not have been familiar at all with the bruiser. Not only was he professional wrestling, he was 
you know, for most of the time, the head trainer at MCW, Thank you, the head trainer at Bone Breakers, and a lot of great talent that you recognize from back, you know, Mickey James trained a lot at MCW. You have obviously Leo Rush and the Velveteen Dream now. You have guys in Ring of Honor who have come through MCW Soldiers and all of, of savagery, them were of impacted directly yeah. by the Bruiser. Yeah, and that's it's such a good point. Like anybody anyone who has come out of this area and and you can expand that. Like even guys that like you would say are his contemporaries, right? If you ask Dwayne Gill today, if you ask Gilberg about the bruiser like he he'd lose it like he'd lose it talking about what rj has meant to him um not just young kids that he's trained that have gone on to do other things but but people very much that were his contemporaries that just worked with him and how much he improved them um how much he handled a locker room and handled people i saw a great story that kevin eck posted this week about like a fight that they got into about a booking decision once and you know kevin's sort of coming back and saying yeah but that it it was bruisers it he got it he understood he knew what to do and and what buttons to push and um you know i I, 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 again, we could sit here and we could do this the entire time, and, and I did. I thought about that for, like, you know, maybe even next week doing a, sort of a, a tribute, but I, I would not be capable of of putting the words together myself. So um, I hope you guys, you know, that don't that aren't from this area, I hope you guys will continue to pro- poke around to learn about the Bruiser. MCW um, has posted on their site, uh, I believe, a GoFundMe try to take care of his family as they are dealing with a lot of costs um, and have been for some time related to his battle with leukemia and now him passing. But there literally are not uh, not enough things that we can say about the greatness of R.J. Meyer and how badly he will be missed in our area. So, um, again, we'll talk about it a little bit more later on in the program with Danny Mays. I promise you we're not just blowing past it. Um, it's it's we're going to do everything we're going to talk it's a busy week we're gonna have a lot to talk about um but we will badly badly miss the bruiser um here in our area okay all right um boys let's talk some wrestling from the week when we chatted last week you know aaron you were like well you you think they're gonna give drew mcintyre the belt and i was like they're not gonna do that against against monday night football no (laughs) chance (laughs) <laughs> they're gonna do that against Monday Night Football. I mean, I don't and I was like, and I was like, there's no way they want these two to fight at Survivor Series in a meaningless match, right? Why would they do that? Um, well, they did. Yeah, yeah they sure did. Well, you know, the moment I knew this was happening was SmackDown. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, they, well, I, you know what's really I, funny I, about I, that? I, I will say this on SmackDown. I was wondering if they were building to a Mania match. Well, it, okay, so that's the other thought I had, and I'm actually really glad it wasn't that. Um, because of <laughs> what we want WrestleMania to be, I was a little bit nervous though that if he lost, that that was a lock. You know what I mean? So this is the better part of that, I think. Um, I, because we know what we want at WrestleMania, and it's not that. Well, okay. What do you, so? What do you want at WrestleMania? We want Jey Uso. To yeah, win the title, I agree with maybe. that. I wholly agree with that. So here's my a couple of thoughts on this. Um, I, I I'm gonna go back in a weird way. I actually thought there's no. I I don't mean this. After I saw it on SmackDown, I'm like, there's just no way they can't they can't literally telegraph this anymore. It has right. to be they're trying to throw us off the scent. It it must be they're trying to throw us off the scent. 
I I clearly was wrong about that. <laughs> By the way, how good was the match? The, the match was tremendous. There's no question. It was a tremendous Holy match. Shit. I I'm gonna. This is a we. I have this weird feeling. God, I wish they would have done the work the first time. Because yeah, in on Monday night, I felt it. Like I was yeah. into it. There was a moment there. Like my God, it felt fucking sword and the real in the garb. No, and then like that's sort of cheesy, but I was still buying in. Like I was oh, still it wasn't you, cheesy you, you to saw, me. Right? Like you I was whose sword it was, by the way. Right? No, it's Vince's sword. Oh, Vince course, has that like hanging in his Vince's office sword. or something. Um. <laughs> They they created a moment that they didn't have when they initially tried to do this, yeah. and and that's the bummer about it, right? Like the bummer is, imagine if they had actually gone back to last fall and yeah. started doing the work to lead to Drew McIntyre ultimately winning the belt instead of just throwing it in there like, hey, this guy that we've treated like a nothing for forever, suddenly we want you to him to be the most important thing that ever happened in wrestling, and it. It it would have all all it takes you to do is put the work into it and you get some truly special professional wrestling moment. Like, admittedly, I've been sort of down on the Mac not because I don't like Drew McIntyre, but just because it felt so forced. All of a sudden, I'm way back in. <laughs> like yeah, all of a sudden, too. I'm I'm way back on board with no, this is awesome. This is what it should have been. And so, you know, by the I, way. By the way, if I gave you amnesia as to what Survivor Series is, wouldn't you be frothing at the mouth for this match? Oh, right of course, now? yeah, of course I would. Because be. no between question. what they did Friday and what uh, they did Monday, oh my God, like I'm all say, in like, on this match. I was gonna say, even with the the cheesiness of Survivor Series, like this is all we've really wanted out of Survivor Series. Give us reasons to care about these matches. Yeah. Like, yes, it's stupid that you're putting it together, but if you give us compelling reasons why they don't like each other and it's not just bragging rights Raw versus SmackDown, we can be into those matches. We can yeah, be. We, it's still not going to be give as... them a little bit of credit. The little tiny little bit of credit is they have not made it about that. Like, they haven't said the brand supremacy stuff. They've just said, we want to beat Raw, we want to beat SmackDown for that one match. And the other ones have focused more on beating the other person and less about it being for Raw or for yeah, SmackDown. Yeah, but, but it still hasn't worked for the most part. I mean, it's got to be honest. It still hasn't. For the mo- well, it, what, it, what's, it's what's, weird what's, because you've got people that, like, I, like I'll like i buy into the, the um, Street Profits thing a little bit because there's a hook there because they can actually interact with a member of New Day. Right. But the other ones, like the Sami Zayn, Bobby Lash, that like that's a the weirdest. Well, we'll, match we'll get to that. We'll get to these things as we make yeah. picks. But uh, again, like I, 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 it's a. I have this weird feeling. To to some extent, yes, I am more excited for the main event of Survivor Series. Presumably, than, that's the main event. Um, yeah, that's a great point, Aaron. Thank you for what. Presumably, it's got to be. It has to be the main event. It has to be. Um, I am more they excited. Love putting that Survivor Series I know, match last. I time. know. I'm more excited than I would have been for sure. It doesn't suddenly make the whole thing, you know, like wow, this is so great. No, it's still Survivor Series. It's still there's no actual purpose to this. Um, but I'm more excited just to see Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns because they did a modicum of work in order to make it happen. But more than that, I'm excited about Drew McIntyre just because they finally did some work. They, they finally put the effort into Drew McIntyre instead of just saying, this is the guy because we tell you so. That never worked for me. Now, again, I don't know how that would have gone with everybody else. Like, looking back over the summer, we talked about this over and over again. 
I don't know at what point it would have led to booing. We talked about at some point it would have because we were just in on Randy Orton because he was so great. But I, it, not it, now. Now, oh no, no question, not now, <laughs> not at all. But that's it. Goes back to every time we just think we can get away with something and just say, yeah, but the match was good, or yeah, but whatever. This is a reminder. But going back to the conversation we had a week ago about what professional wrestling is supposed to be at its core, which is do your work, tell compelling stories, get people invested for some reason, and then give them a great match. It's not choosing one or the other. It's all of the the above. It's give me a story, let me get you know interested in it, pursue it, go through it, flush it out, and then deliver an amazing match on top of that. And when you do all of those things, you create something. I don't know. I don't want to be too hyperbolic about it. I don't want to say iconic because I'm not telling you we'll remember Drew McIntyre beating Randy Orton for forever on Raw. But you create something special. This was special because you did everything you were supposed to do. And it's why taking the easy way out and saying things like, well, if we just give you a good match or who cares what a heel or a face is, like all of those things, when you try to dismiss all of that and take easy way outs, you're never going to get something that is as meaningful as what we got on Monday nights. Like, I feel like I have a little bit of recency bias here, but my, my prediction is I will remember this because they've done a good job about not changing the title on Raw. Like, they've done a really good job of of not doing that. And in in doing that, it makes you remember when they actually do. Yeah, Especially if it's I, not a cash in. Well, I mean, the the only I, I you know, they do it basically every year around this time now. It's becoming an annual tradition, yeah, but it's the one background. time it's the one time a year that they change the title <laughs> on TV. <laughs> sure, that's true. But it's, it's, it, it was on SmackDown the last two times, right? Yes, it, it was on SmackDown the last two times, and whether that was because of Monday Night Football or because it just happened to be... Well, it was because Brock was involved in all the other times. And I guess actually on SmackDown last year as well, uh, it, again, Brock yes. was involved in, listen, in beating Kofi. Listen, this isn't fair, but it's it just is the way it is. I'm always going to remember stuff on Raw more than I'm going to remember... It's just the way my mind works. Like, well, you've, you've associated with Raw for a far longer time than SmackDown, yes. and for a good part of SmackDown's history... It, it was, was garbage. Yeah, well, it was the show you didn't need to watch. I mean, like that exactly. was you just didn't yeah. need to tune in, and so it just didn't mean the same. So I hear you on all those things, and I, again, I'm not. I don't want to say that I'm going to remember it forever because I don't know that I am, and I'm also not going to tell you now that Drew McIntyre is like my favorite wrestler. I'm obsessed with him or anything along those no. lines. It's that now I have reason to be invested. I'm invested in Drew McIntyre now, and I don't know what that means moving forward. I, I really can't answer that question of exactly what that means moving towards WrestleMania or what I need to see. Because this might ultimately be the only thing I really needed to get out of it was just this. And that at well, some no point... no guarantee he keeps the title till WrestleMania. Right. And, and no I, I kind of want to talk... Of, well, 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 we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. yes. Oh, I think yeah, that's also going gonna... to be part of the story is going forward, you know, depending on what happens with Drew going forward might impact how we remember this going forward. Well, here's here's the other thing that's really interesting. Going forward, like let's say... We're not going to get back to crowd. Like, let's assume they'll get back to regular crowds in a real way, like by next Survivor Series. Like, let's just assume that. If that's the case, if they do this, like, I'm not saying they should switch the title this much, but if they do something that puts him in this position, like one or two more times, 
by the time crowds come back, he will 100% be the most over person on the show. Like, without, he might be now. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, crazy how much better he was not having the title and coming into that match. Like, the loss did so much. Well, it is time. Joining us now, my, my friends, is... The main event. Yeah! He, uh, Amazing. He, he heard about the other guests we had on the show this week, and he said, I ain't getting upstage. That ain't happening. I'm still <laughs> the star. He is, of course, AJ Francis. Um, AJ, what have you been up to, man? Like, what have you been doing? Uh, I am not allowed to tell you what I am doing, but I will tell you what I am doing, and you're just going to have to bleep this out. For oh, oh wait, 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 oh, wait, let me get this straight. You're going to tell us, and then we're going to have to deny everyone else the opportunity to know. Yes. Okay, fair enough. I kind of love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a dick move, but you know what, whatever. By the way, you know what's going to happen immediately after you do this. Ben Nash is going to text you. <laughs> That's the way it's going to go. And True. and um and uh and Brian Powell's uh, going to start hitting Brian all Powell's of us. Up. The show, <laughs> guessing things. No doubt. Um. Well, I just got done. Uh, that only um for the show, whilst. In an acquisition <laughs> to to be preserved forever. Holy shit! Okay, that sentence is such a mad lib. Fuck! I can't. No, there's no. You know. It's just, yeah, you, there can be no follow-ups here, more. Aaron. Just what do you? Leave that out. <laughs> Aaron's like, well, you can't, obviously you can't answer the first question, but you could definitely answer the second one, right? No, no, I mean, answer for me. I don't care about anybody How else. much do you think we're going to bleep out of this show, Aaron? The entire thing. <laughs> yeah, how much editing do you expect Glenn to do? God, this is already way more work than I've ever had to do <laughs> when it comes to this show. Well, uh, that's amazing. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Just a normal day. Just a normal. I know literally every- a normal day okay. of my life currently. I'm gonna try something again here with you. All right. I know every time I've ever brought anything up to you, like go back and tell 13 year old AJ that you'd be doing this, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I expected." But this is a really specific thing, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got, he's got a diary for a month right. that has this exact thing. Right. Tell me this. Um, I ain't going to lie to you. Um, I've heard the legend of... And I've and it's hard to accomplish. And I honestly thought it would be harder to do. Damn, dude. Damn. Well, uh, people are going to know, though, right? Like, that's what we can say. At some point, you're going to oh, know. See. Right. Yeah, it'll, right. it'll definitely, yeah, it'll be seen. Right. People will know that this happened. And you'll be able to, that's what makes this clip so great. Then you can use the unbleeped per- version of this clip. Yeah, one day. One day we can go back. <laughs> By the way, for the past year, just go back to all these things. No doubt, man. Sense. No doubt. So so here's the other thing, too. It just gave me an idea for your next your next project after this one's okay. over. 
like Aaron's right. We go, we make a show called AJ's Diary, where we literally go back and recreate like everybody else's bucket list items, and then you just go do them. Like everybody Love else it. is like, I'd like to go do this thing, and now we cut to AJ, and AJ's just like, yeah, that's what I did on Thursday. Oh, oh, and here's another. Here's another one. You're gonna have to bleep out. All right. Oh God damn it! There is so much. You better. You better text me. Hang on a second. I gotta start writing this shit down. All right, right, because Glenn's gonna screw up. Randomly in the middle of the conversation between me. Yes. No. No. Yes. Holy shit. Is that not the first thing I asked you? Oh, wow. Is it not the first thing that I wanted? <laughs> All right, that asshole. The text earlier was that. All right. <laughs> That's, you never uh... answered my question from the text either, just a yes or no. Yeah. Hold on, let me go see. You got to realize I'm in the middle of nowhere, so I don't even see. I had just been getting texts as I called you. AJ and I had really similar days because today I had to eat 10 ounces of ketchup while wearing a Canadian tuxedo. So basically the same day when you think about it. (laughs) Okay. All right, Aaron, here you go. Uh, No, thankfully. And Brandon. uh, What was there? Yep. Yep. There you go. There you go. All right. God damn right. All right. Well, that is. I'm so uh, excited for that. That is. That is. Wow. That is something. Boy, I bet you guys feel really dumb not knowing what it is that we're talking about, huh? You guys all suck. This is great. This is great. <laughs> Everybody else, we know the answers and you don't. Ah, this was must be what it felt like to study for a test. I never knew to didn't knew how to do that. So. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. AJ's here. We're going to make our picks uh, for uh, Survivor Series coming up on Sunday night. I don't know if you guys have heard, but it's the one. All right, I'll leave it alone. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually kind of sad. I'm kind of sad that the bit is... I mean, it's kind of dead because it's not. It's best versus best. So it's yeah, like, uh, but they still throw it in there. They do still throw it they, in. They've been saying it. Yeah, AJ, they've like, been saying it on every show. Ev, as you it's know, the one time. <laughs> of course, and, and then, as, as you know, way, the one time all year when SmackDown and Raw. SmackDown. Yeah, when SmackDown and Raw go head to head is the second Friday in November. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't want to get AJ in trouble. This is only bad. I think all these bits, I never know what somebody's going to be mad at him about, so we're going to leave it alone. Um, All right, here we go. We got six matches currently on the card, and who knows? They could change again between now and Sunday. There's no doubt about that. Everything could change. No question, no doubt. All right, so uh, we start with the one match that, as of the moment, we don't have even all of the um, participants completely included. That is the women's Team Raw versus Team SmackDown match as of the moment after what happened on Monday night. Of course, I guess everybody should know we're doing picks on Tuesday night. Um, I don't know that the show is going to drop until Thursday night, so a lot could already have changed by this point. I was going to say, everything's going to happen on Twitter. Yeah, by the way, if you knew, we did today this week's show over the course of about four days. <laughs> like To put it all together, it took the entire week. Um, all right, so uh, the women's match right now, Team Raw, Nia Jack, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans. Wait, Lana? What did I miss? Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. 
team smash. What did you miss? What I thought, yeah, I was gonna say what's the whole point of the match? match. But I I thought that I thought that the the thing at the end was to say we don't want you on Team Raw. I they thought don't want her on Team Raw, but she's still on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole storyline. I, I thought that was them kicking her off of Team Raw. Like no, I thought that they did that every week. All right, all right. But I, they, they send her through the table every week. She's fine, but one backstage beatdown and the other two are out. That is true. That is a good point. Yeah, they're but that's out. because the, there's that's a legitimate That's because Lana's so tough. Um, right. She is. All right, Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. And then uh, Team SmackDown, what we know right now, Bianca Belair, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, two members, TBD. Uh, AJ, you go first. Um, I am calling Bianca Belair as the sole survivor of this match. No, just because, oh yeah. I mean, I like that answer. Um, I, I keep it's I, the correct answer, but it I am, <laughs> I am. I think it is, and here's why I think it's going to happen. The whole point of doing the storyline that they're doing now um, is to cause dissension within within Team Raw. Which makes me think that SmackDown's going to win. And if SmackDown's going to win, who's the new young star that could benefit the most from this moment? It is Bianca Belair. I completely agree. She, and uh, that is why I think Bianca Belair should and will. I think, Glenn, the- I, think, I think the only fair thing to do is to let me pick this first. <laughs> no. No. Because I've been on this for a month. All right, fine. Go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead. The only point of this whole match is that Lana is going to be the sole yeah, survivor. Yeah, I know you've been saying that yeah. for some time. And they've cl- that t- it's so obvious to me that no, I, did you you I'm glad it's obvious to you because she's going to get crashed through a table and everyone else is going to lose and then she's going to come in and pin someone. I mean it would make a lot of sense. I'm not going to lie. It would make yeah. a lot of sense. Now between the <laughs> two sense. Between the two scenarios, I probably line them up more. This is the other thing I'm doing where I'm trying to start figuring out it, like who I'm picking more of, SmackDown or Raw, right? Like, am I going to end up doing the bit? Um, but I probably line up more with AJ that the... the at well, some there's, there's one other way to do it. So I just don't understand what they did if, if this isn't a big part of it. Now, there's one other thing to do, which which is that every single other person... so. Basically, the whole team Raw gets eliminated except Lana, and then she eliminates four people and loses to Bianca. You could do that too. That is certainly ha- not going to happen. I was thinking, that's <laughs> wrong thing to do with Lana. <laughs> but, but you have to do something. I mean, you can't do all of this work and do nothing. But not that. You say that. The work is creating the dissension within the team to make it reasonable that Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler would lose somehow. That is the work that is being done. That they prioritize. They, they have been beating Lana Nia. Team. Yeah, it does. It, 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 they have been beating down Lana for two months. And by continuing to do so, they've caused dissension within their own team because they think that they're the new, the best thing smoking. And then that same arrogance is what cost them the match uh, Be uh, by... Lana, them putting Lana through a table because they don't need her, and then now Lana's the last one left, or you know, a million different feel. scenarios. But I can't. Lana is not going through four. Lana is not going through four women. So let me let me. Well, hang on a second. Let's set just, up for her to get some kind of come up. In. I, I, well, if it I happens, hear you. I would. I would be. I'm not. I've seen crazier things happen in wrestling, but I do not. AJ, if it, if it happens, you have to eat an entire bottle of ketchup. Um, really quickly. <laughs> really quickly. Deal. 
let's talk about Team SmackDown, though, for a second. The only, and I'm not trying to give any actual credence to that from Brandon, but as of the moment, Bianca is the only person you need to protect on that team. The And it, I guess it does depend on what you're doing with the last two spots. So, like, you could just throw him to Natalia and... Um, Oh, you put and, and Billy Kay, you could put Carmella in there, I guess. And I guess, if you did that, you'd have to protect Carmella, but you're telling another story. And then at this point, your only other options are Tamina and um, and and Bailey, right? Uh, like, yeah, I was going to say Bailey's in there. So I don't, I I don't keep, know if they will, though. I keep thinking that Natalia's going to get the last spot because of the story that they're telling with her. She keeps not getting pinned in the matches and not getting the spot. And then she's going to end up the, being the one getting pinned by Lana at the end because they were a team and but, friends or whatever. Right, but Natalia, you, you, cool. you don't have to protect. Bianca Belair is not losing to Lana. That is not going to happen. No, let, she'll let, get let me, eliminated long before that. Let, 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 me, let me frame it this way. That would kind of put everything together. You want to show off Bianca Belair here. So you have her eliminate Nia and or Shayna. It, it, I think you could do both of them. And then Lana gets the surprise pin at the very end when everyone forgets she's there. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, you could do it like that, or you could do it that Lana also then loses because she's <laughs> not by I'm so convinced that Lana's winning this match. I, I, I'm with Brandon, though. I, like, I All right, then make the pick. Make right, the pick. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Lana's the same right. survivor. So here's where I'm down to. Like, I'm with AJ that it's going to be Bianca Belair and that truthfully it would be a mistake otherwise, but... I'll just throw in the wild card. If we're surprised by whoever the other like SmackDown entrant is, whether it's Bailey or Carmella, that could throw things off a little bit because clearly that would be a higher priority for them. But at I, the I, wait, there, there is we got to mention one other thing first, since there are specifically two. There is talk about the Bellas returning at some point. Um, I mean, okay, I don't know what to say about that. Like, I. There's two spots. I mean, if it's the Bellas, then I'll say the Bellas win. Like, like why would they yeah. come back to not be the the survivors? Um, and in fact, maybe it's the Bellas and Bianca Belair at that point. Correct. As all survivors. All right. The uh, actually, I just realized we are still missing a spot on the men's match too. We'll do that next. Right now, Team Raw: AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Matt Riddle or Riddle. Wait, uh, I was just saying, yeah, who's right? that? Thank you. <laughs> Team SmackDown, Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and uh, whoever it is. Um, this also seems irrelevant to me. There is no way, no how whatsoever that Jey Uso can take a pin in this match. Uh, you, you can have everyone die before Jey Uso can take a pin in this match. Um, I don't know if anybody joins him in surviving. I don't think it matters. Jey Uso is, I'll just say, sole survivor at this point. It's yeah, I mean, the only thing you can say is if, you know, Roman does something to order him out of the match for whatever reason, he gets mad at him and says, okay, you know, you're going to be counted out now, you walk away, that sort of thing, if you really want to do it. But I'm with you, it's, it's SmackDown, plus I picked Raw to win the uh, women's match, so I got uh, SmackDown, and I'll, I'll say Jay is the sole survivor. Yeah, same thing. I, I mean, I th you can't. I guess, man, Aaron, you actually introduced something really interesting. That's 100% a possibility, and that kind of throws everything haywire. I, I just don't get that. Like, I hear you. I just don't I don't it, it, get it's, that. It's to reemphasize Romans as super dick. I, like, I, yeah, like, if Kevin Owens is the last guy, but, but again, this is, if, if, if this ends up being Daniel Bryan or something, and it's down to them too, and Roman being like, you know, 
leave them for dead and there's it's that person versus the whole other team or whatever um but it has to be Jey Uso otherwise. I mean, it has to be. I, and it, yeah. you, you guys are going to yeah. have to. Do, does that actually eliminate somebody if they just get up? Have we ever? Have is this a? Yeah, they I, get counted out. You can be counted out. Can you? Okay. All right. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, there, there have been uh, Braun Strowman got eliminated okay. by count out All once. Right. They All do right. it every now and then. Right. Or they'll have they'll have like uh, you know two guys brawl into the crowd and then they're just gone. So well, so what what. What is it exactly that makes you think that Jey Uso can't lose? Because Jey Uso is professional wrestling at the moment. <laughs> like, like the Jay, only person they let beat him is Drew McIntyre, and and obviously Drew McIntyre. But Jey Uso doesn't like Jey Uso couldn't lose when he was working with Roman for the title. Well, that's still now that play. he's no, it's not. It's not. He's not. I, I don't. I think that. The, the, the storyline is not going back for them to fight again. I think the storyline is going, he's eventually going to be an obedient follower, and then Jimmy comes back, and then they have a faction, is what I think. Oh, I think that's next. I just don't, I don't, I look, if, if, I'm not telling you and, I, I don't and, know anything. And you can't do that if they're still fighting over the title. But I think the whole point of this is to just make people hate Roman, which is something that people have already been doing for five years for no reason so it's not that hard <laughs> it's not that hard to get people to keep doing that which is why it's working so well with jay but i don't think jay by himself without roman in the match necessarily needs to win in fact i think if you want to keep working the storyline that roman's a dick and he's going out of his way to be a dick to his cousin jay like it works better when jay loses because roman can mm. then use that as ammunition I think that Team Raw is going to win. I think that the survivors are going to be Keith Lee and Braun Strowman, and I think that's going to continue their feud, uh, which started right before we got into the Survivor Series storyline. I, I now, would, you think, well, I you would, think that the Raw women are going to lose because they've planted the seeds of dissension? Obviously, they're doing that for the men, so what's the difference here for, to you? The difference being the star power on the Raw team. I yeah. mean, I... Mean, I I hear you. Like it's loaded. There's no question about that. I I just come back to one thing. I would I I've, I've said it the last couple weeks. I will be wildly disappointed if this doesn't ultimately get back to Roman J. Uso. They they did that. They made me need more of that. I need more of that. Like I need air to breathe. I need Roman and Jey Uso you, again. You don't have him pin Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens post title oh, feud to have him lose a meaningless match. I I think. But that- this isn't a. But this is a five on five match where. You're telling me if Jey Uso's looking great and then he takes a running power slam from Braun Strowman and then a, a splash from Keith Lee that he shouldn't be He is be way more relevant on the show than any of those other people right now. On SmackDown, but on Raw, one of the biggest storylines coming out of this, I think it's going to be Keith Lee versus Braun Strowman. He's more prominent on SmackDown than any of these people are on Raw, in my opinion. But um, that's because he's in the storyline with Roman Reigns. Of course, I, well, I, I, I think it can happen. It just you, you need to, you know, Roman. What I'm saying is, what I, and that's how it happens. What I'm saying is, right now, I don't think that they're not doing Roman. I, I could be wrong. I don't foresee them doing Roman and Jay ever again. I'd be really angry about that. I will be so angry if that's not the like, case. Like, like I think that this whole point of this is to build this Samoan mafia. Well, yeah. So what's but your part hang on? Is hang be, on. He eventually breaks so, back out of so, it. So, so what's yeah, your? Yeah, but he wouldn't break out. He wouldn't break back out of it if you're going to do that. 
he wouldn't break back out of it till right before WrestleMania. But that's the point. That's the whole like, point you, of it. You that's keep what him, wants. Right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I want I want him to be a monster that everyone sees is totally deserving of being in the WrestleMania main event over the course of the next few months. And, and he still does that if he loses um, a Survivor Series match. Yeah, I, and to, then like to your beats point, Roman Reigns. No, later. they've made it very clear over the years that if if you look strong <laughs> right. and then just happen to lose, you just happen to get eliminated by somebody. They'll pretend like it didn't happen within two days. I, you're not wrong about that. Like, and that's and that's fine. But the best case scenario. Like, I for don't me, think I don't think a lo- I don't think getting pinned in a Survivor Series match is a, is that big of a loss. Right. I get I, I get because, what you're saying. Because yeah. it's five on five, so anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? If if he loses, if he's the first person eliminated in this match, and then comes out the following Friday and beats Shinsuke Nakamura one on one, did he lose anything? Well, no. no, but I still think it's a bigger when you're in in the story of this man is deserving of WrestleMania main event. I don't think it hurts that he also would have been the sole survivor at Survivor Series. Like yeah, in the I mean, story, yeah, but I don't think. I don't think that that is the WrestleMania main event. And that, that so. would make me angry at this point. That's the problem. <laughs> the problem is, that's what I want. And I say, why? Why, why are you guys trying to stop the greatness that we were deprived of already? Which one? Rock? No. Well, if it's Rock, then the storyline doesn't matter if he wins. Well, if you I say the G word, Bray the show is Wyatt. over. <laughs> Bray Wyatt. Versus I don't, Roman Reigns, I don't know if I don't know if you've now this year. AJ, I don't know if you've heard this, but Bray Wyatt is on a show called Raw, <laughs> and Roman Reigns he's, is on SmackDown. Now, Bray now, Wyatt. now, I, hang on a second. Missing. Hang no, no. Let okay. me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> because there is one time all <laughs> year when AJ, Raw you missed this? and SmackDown. <laughs> May go head to head. So I'm sorry, there is no scenario by which that might happen. It cannot be done, you silly, silly man. Okay, listen. Bray Wyatt is going to be the an early entrant in the Royal Rumble. He's going now, to be. Now, what eliminated. is the Royal Rumble? Because clear, I don't understand what that might be. What is the Royal Rumble? And then at like twenty seven or twenty eight, oh, no. the fiend is going to come out <laughs> and win the Royal Rumble. You understand this, right? Like you understand that that is what is going to Bray right. Wyatt will be eliminated, and the fiend will win the Royal Rumble. That is. That that is so it's so clear. Uh-huh. It's so we, but they're clear. Too, they're ankles deep in this. And, and, so, they're ankles deep in this mess that they've created already on Raw with him, where they're you know they want none him. None of that matters once he wins the Royal Rumble. It. I mean, but I think they want it to matter. I think they want this Randy Orton thing to happen, and I you know it will we, happen. It can happen at the Royal Rumble. Exactly, it will happen. Like I don't understand. Like there is, t- it is November. The Royal Rumble is in this January. There are two. No, if it happens months. at Royal Rumble, how's he winning the Royal Rumble? What are you, you talking? Oh, oh, so he would. Venue. So he would be the first person ever to have a match in at Royal Rumble and then be in the Royal Rumble. So you're is saying he loses to Randy Orton? When did and I ever say that? I'm I'm talking to Aaron right now. How would he? Why would he have to right, lose? Right. I don't know what we're doing here. That's what happened at Royal Rumble. Randy and why would he lose? Right now. Like, I don't understand what you're talking about. 
the champion of of WWE currently is currently. Drew McIntyre. I don't think it's going to stay that way. Okay, but it we might can not. Get to that later. It <laughs> might not. But at the same time, the whole reason that Bray Wyatt made the point to say he was not done with Roman when he left SmackDown was because he's not done with Roman and he's going to revenge what happened to him at SummerSlam. Okay. I mean, it, it there's, it's so convoluted right now. I just don't know. I don't know what's going to I don't happen. know how it's convoluted. The Bray Wyatt because is going to Because there's eight people involved in all this. There's The Miz. There's that, Money in the Bank that is, case. That's the, that's the point. You tell those stories for the next two months, and then at the Royal Rumble, you finish all those stories in the Royal Rumble or at the in matches at the pay-per-view. And then when Bray Wyatt wins the Royal Rumble and he challenges Roman Reigns at 37, It'll be what we were deprived of a year prior. All right, all right. It's totally plausible. I'm not saying it's. I'd just be angry because I want it to be Jey Uso. But we have to move on because I'm running. I, we we got to get out of yeah. here. Um. Yeah. Uh. Quickly, the the uh, women's champions, Asuka and Sasha Banks, is next up. Aaron, uh, I think I'm first. I'm going with Asuka. I think they are really building towards something big for Asuka at Mania, whatever it is. So Asuka's gonna win whenever she can. I mean, I I'm going. I'm going with Sasha because Oscar's already beat her twice. And uh, this feels like the mat. This goes back to what we say all the time. It's the match that doesn't matter. Um, and I think that Sasha just, I don't know. I don't think you can beat Sasha right now. I think you just gave her the title. Uh, she loses all the time. Bailey gets involved. I mean, that's, I, that to me is the part that we're all leaving out. Like there, yeah. sure. Bailey's not in a match right now. Bailey's going to be involved. It's why, by the way, I, I'll, I'll give it away too. I'm also going with Oscar. Bailey's not on the card. So you think Bailey's not showing up and being a part of this somehow? Well, there's the, well, the Carmella factor too, but whoever, I don't know. I guess she's feuding with both of them, but yes. um, I'm, I'm still going to pick Sasha because I just, it feels like Oscar's too obvious. AJ, you already said you're going with Asuka, right? Yeah, I'm going with Asuka, baby. Uh, tag team champions, the New Day versus the Street Profits. Brandon? You got to go Street Profits. Uh, I just think that... I think New Day's bulletproof at this point. Again, it comes back... I agree. That, it comes back to a match that doesn't really matter. And I think in the matches that don't really matter, you give the person that needs the win more the win, like they did with all the NXT people last year. So I have to go Street Profits. And I... I'm trying to figure out how many Raws and how many SmackDowns I've picked. Um, yeah, I probably agree with you in, in theory. Yeah, I mean, I, sure. Yes, agreed. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, the U.S. champion Bobby Lashley versus the Intercontinental champion Sami Zayn. Uh, I am going to go with... Bobby Lashley, and you never let me pick the Street Profits, even though that was my I th- pick. I thought that's what you. I just thought I heard you say agree, so that's why I was just rolling past <laughs> it. Um, I think I think I have to pick. God, I think I have to pick Bobby Lashley here too. Um, although it's a weird thing where like they clearly don't care. They, they they've never been all that worried about the hurt business taking losses, but I'm going to take Bobby Lashley anyway. Yeah, I'm with you. It should be Sammy because Sammy should win everything, and his tweets during this feud have been so amazing. But um, Bobby Lashley is going to win here. Yeah, I'm picking Lashley. Uh, uh, love Sami Zayn, but I, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it's got to be Lashley. 
Well, and that brings us to Drew versus Roman. And as Brandon alluded to earlier, there is the other question, which is will uh, The Miz cash in and who would he cash in against for what it's worth? I'm first here. Um, I mean, to me, it's obvious that Roman wins. Um, as as great as the McIntyre-Randy Orton match was on Monday night, I, 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 I would love for that to just be a blow-off, but... It kind of doesn't make sense for that to be a blow-off right now. Um, and frankly, I don't know that I'm opposed to more Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre in my life, uh, for what it's worth. Um, I, I think that, that Roman wins, but I will not say that The Miz cashes in on Sunday nights. Yeah, Roman definitely wins. I think the one question around Miz is, you know, basically why did this Drew McIntyre thing? Is it simply to set up a, a face-first-heel for this match, or is it because they wanted Drew there for Miz specifically to cash on to cash on a face? I'm going to say no, he doesn't, though it wouldn't surprise me if he cashes in the next night. Yeah. But I'm going to say Miz doesn't cash in here. Yeah, I mean, I have to pick Roman, but I got to tell you, this is the one guy that that this is the one guy that makes me pause uh, that they don't do something like Jey Uso is trying to help and and screws up uh, because they're they're sort of telling that story too is that he's he's taking some things upon himself that Roman isn't all about and uh, trying a little too hard. I, I have to pick Roman just because it I can't, I can't imagine that they really do that, but it is Drew. <laughs> they love Drew. And it again, it's another match that doesn't matter, that there's no title on the line. So uh, I gotta pick Roman, but I, I I it's a little in the back of my mind like something screwy could happen. Uh, cash in I am picking in uh, I'm not I don't think they're gonna cash I think that the whole point of getting Oh yeah, no cash in, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think that the whole point of getting the fiend involved with the maze is that Miz is going to try to cash in and the Fiend is going to stop him. And the Fiend, uh, being the weirdest babyface of all time, but absolutely 100% a babyface. Yeah. He is 100%. <laughs> the weirdest. Oh, no doubt. Most awesome babyface ever. <laughs> but uh, I think that without a doubt that uh, I think Miz is going to try to cash in after this match and the Fiend is going to stop him. And I think that uh, the Fiend is going to look at Roman and Easter egg a little bit. And then the show is going to go off the air with Roman defeated after losing to mm, Bray Wyatt. How about that? I mean, uh, uh, Drew, Drew McIntyre. How about that? Mm. All right. All right. AJ, uh, what can we actually talk about and plug? Uh, my social media. Follow me at AJ Francis 410. Man, and you'll just have to wonder. You'll always have to wonder. All right, buddy. We will uh, we will talk to you again very soon, all right? All right, baby. Love y'all. That has been... Main event. 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 All right. Thanks to AJ. Um, appreciate him making time for us this week. And, yeah, as I alluded to, if you guys knew how much work we had to put into doing the show this week, it is really obnoxious. 
but uh, I appreciate him making some time for us. Uh, anything that we still need to cover related to Survivor Series, related to any of the things that we've already talked about? Yeah, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about Drew and just kind of the the calendar and, and how this happened, why this happened, and, and why it happened when it was. Like, there, there's a number of possibilities here. And one we kind of talk, touched on already, which is simply that they wanted to kind of reboot Drew. They wanted to get that, you know the chase a little bit to kind of revitalize him a little bit. And I mean, we can, I think a, a valid question is, well, why didn't they let Randy hold on to the title a little bit longer before that? But I, I think that's a valid answer is simply that, well, they need to get the title off of him so he could chase again for a little bit. That's valid. Now the other question becomes, okay, if it's not that, and this wasn't a long-term plan where, you know, how did this happen? Why did it happen? Is this Vince simply changing his mind? Does it have to do with the Miz needing to oh, cash I mean, in I, I on that's a the most face obvious, instead of a heel? That's the a most obvious answer, right? Like, that's got to be the most obvious answer. Is... And, well, plus, and plus, they were between that and Survivor Series, where, like, you know, there's no way you could argue the more compelling match is Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? So, like, so you think they would know that three weeks ago. Right. To Aaron's point, they didn't have to have Drew McIntyre drop the belt if they didn't want to do Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. Like, he could have just well, Unless they wanted to do the reboot, they wanted to do both, maybe. Right. And, and that's a very, like, they've, you know, it's very possible they always had, or at least not always. I don't think they always had a plan, but as of five weeks ago, they had the plan, all right, let's take the belt off of Randy, reboot uh, Drew, and kind of get, get him that extra juice. But and does that mean that I, we're I, seeing Drew through to Mania? So, so I think there's a couple things. One, at some point, the Miz is going to have to at, cash in. I would assume, or you know, I I guess they could just call it a wash for the year, and they could have him waste it somehow. Um, and that's if they do, it's not the end of the world, right? Like at some, as we talk about, sometimes people need to fail on their cash ins. Now, you know, the Miz, I, I hate the idea that they would have him be one that would fail on his cash in, but. You know, but, but because he succeeded before, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, I think it's it's totally plausible that you could just have it go that way. But ultimately, in order for that storyline to be compelling, you do need to have it be a face champion. Like, yes. the the and so I I don't think it's hard to think that that plays a significant impact. I will also always come back to the idea that like in their mind, it might not be the end of the world to get another quick title reign for Randy Orton to get yeah. him closer to Ric Flair's number. And as I sort of jokingly alluded to, the idea that at some point they're envisioning a storyline that involves, like, the belt being vacated for Randy Orton and John Cena to be going after that while also going after the record is really fucking tasty. Like, that's a, that's, there's, that smells like something that there's a lot of money involved in. Like, that's a story that who couldn't be compelled by John Cena and Randy Orton, both with the chance to break Ric Flair's record for a title belt that's been vacated somehow, right? Like, that's... How many more does Randy need? Three, right? I, I believe that's correct. So that feels like next year. Oh, correct. I mean, it's not it's not WrestleMania this year, I don't think. I don't right, think you can right. do it that quickly. But it might, it might require you to do another couple short run or short Randy Orton championships. Somehow, but you could somewhere. also throw him on SmackDown next year, and he could win that one. You know what I mean? Well, like, there's a bunch of different ways to go about getting you there. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a million ways that you could do it. And I'm not suggesting that I know that that's something they're doing. It just, it, at some point, as Randy Orton gets closer, 
I mean, that feels right, Glenn. You know, like, you, you got to consider it. You got to consider the idea that that's going to be a story. And as we alluded to when we talked about it, with Ric Flair having interacted with Randy Orton and then Randy Orton screwing him, you can always go back to that. Like, this smells like mega match of mega matches that WWE could use in any capacity in order if they can get John Cena to work again. And again, in this scenario where they're both pursuing a vacant title belt, you really only need John Cena for one match. Like, it only requires you to get John Cena because he doesn't have to be all that involved in telling the story because holy fuck does the story ever tell itself, you know? like you. By the way, if you believe, you know, the reports, they are that he was asked to participate this year and that he, you know, apparently his... The way he looks at it is that he will do it when he's needed. So, so, so I guess it's 14 now for Andy Orton. So he would need two more to get to 16. Well, he could easily get that. Yeah, I mean, you could. Uh, well, right. he's going to get that. Frankly, frankly, well, he might get another one. He might get one more before the year's over. Well, and that's. I, I guess yeah. what I would say is it's not impossible that if you really wanted to pull it off for this year as WrestleMania, you could do it. Like I, I, I that would feel so forced. Would, I, like if you're going to do this, I want, I want it to feel natural. I want it to feel cool. And doing I, that, I don't. Be, maybe, maybe the year after though. Especially I don't, if I don't if disagree Tampa with this that. year. Back to LA the next year. Do it in LA. Well, I, I By will the way, say this. You might also not need to chance. do it. Right. There is zero chance he's not getting another title match. Like he's getting. Well, yeah. Like this isn't over. That, that's the TLC match, no matter what. Yeah. Right. And again, I, I don't. The only area I disagree with you, Aaron, I don't know that I would agree that it's forced. Randy Orton deserves to be in the championship picture right now. No, I. Well, I'm saying if you're telling me he gets the title back, he loses it again. He gets the title. You I get know, that like, it's and, a lot. I get that title. it's a it's, it's a lot between rough. now and and we're talking about yes. April now because we're assuming that WrestleMania is going to be pushed back. Like I I get that it's a lot, but I don't know that it's embarrassing in doing so because again he's right there in the picture. Um, I I don't know that it's the end of the world for you to go about doing something. Well, that were, way. were were you saying get Cena involved for that at Mania? Like that that's the thing. Like if, if you're telling me that he's going to win it lose it, it gets vacated, Cena comes back, you're positioning Cena Orton, that feels rushed to me. I mean, does it, and especially because we, we, like, again, we're working into the assumption that they want to do another Randy Orton edge match at WrestleMania this year, so the timeline doesn't even really make a lot of sense, unless they know for sure that they don't have edge back by WrestleMania. I don't know where we are well, with there that. There was another rumor, too. Um, Which one? That, that they now, that... They want Edge Randy Orton, but they also might want Edge Fiend. Okay. Why? I don't. I what? Don't, I Wait, no, no that one makes yeah. no because they're have, positioning Fiend as a, a face. face. Right. I have no I, idea. I, I have to see where the source on that. I mean, was. it's not. That's it's completely insane. It's, it's not all for that a number of reasons. But it's also not all that difficult, especially if, as we talked about with AJ, if they're planning on doing more separation of the two characters. So that it's Bray Wyatt oh, yeah. or the so, Fiend. So Bray's like, the face, Fiend's the heel. You know, okay. like that 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 could be how you go about doing that. I mean, I don't need that. I have. I, I was going to say, I don't, I don't need that in my life. I don't. Wrestle Votes. Yeah. Wrestle Votes was the source. I don't need it, but I'm not, you know, whatever. It's Edge and the Fiend. I'm sure it source, would be quite fine. Source states that while Edge versus Randy Orton has been a longstanding plan, still is at the moment. The idea of Edge versus the Fiend has been discussed a great deal. It's a weird thing to discuss. Okay, but. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. And, it. and my point would be also that this is so big that it doesn't even necessarily have to be at WrestleMania, right? Like WrestleMania, like oh, you know, whatever you do at WrestleMania is a big deal. This makes something else a really big deal. So 
if, for example, because like revenue's down, you want to try to make next SummerSlam a stadium show instead of making it an arena show because you're trying to find out some ways to make some more money after losing some money this year, that could be a way to go about doing it. You tell me that next year's SummerSlam main event is John Cena versus Randy Orton for the record. Sure. I think you could put that in a okay. stadium sure. and uh, make that Glenn, a... You know what's really interesting about that that note that I just read? What? It would suggest something encouraging to the people on this show. If they're between Randy Orton Edge or, for whatever reason, Edge Fiend, what does that tell you? Well, that it wouldn't be Fiend, obviously, versus Roman Reigns, which is what AJ just suggested. No, no, no. Uh, well, no. And that, it, it, it wouldn't be that, for the title. Correct. Oh, Edge yeah. Edge is not fighting for the title. Well, I mean, look, you know, that, uh, he shouldn't be, but... Well, hold Whatever. on. That doesn't say uh, Fiend versus Edge isn't for the title. Yeah, that's true too. That is a good I, point no, as I well. Feel, I feel like it, it. Okay, you're right. You could read it a number of different ways. I feel like the way I'm reading it is: well, if Randy has the belt, then we're going to put Edge with Fiend, or something like that. Well, like or they if, don't or know if, for sure Drew who's going to be the champion, or it, or, or it means they want Edge to win the Rumble and they don't care who the champion is. Well, well, there you go. Well, or, or let me throw one other thing too. Like it's also possible. You're I, right. Those two people could be the. I didn't even yes. think about. They both could be the champion, so I, I, it could be the opposite of what I said. And that's true, too. I know that we've done a lot of Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, so we need to get away from them at some point. Like, I understand that, but are, do, we, do we hate it? <laughs> like, I, I'm a I don't hate it, but I don't want it at WrestleMania. I was gonna say I'm a little concerned because it we're presumably gonna have it at TLC, and so that would be the only thing know, I would say. Five straight is, months of it. If you were, if you were to come, like, say one or the other way, if you were ever thinking about going back to it for like one final blow off match, I would be okay with it if you abandon it now. If you do it again at TLC, then you you can't, you just you can't, you can't keep going back to there's, it. There's point. one way that they'll never do that would be okay, and that is if someone gets like murdered at TLC and disappears. And then comes back. That's the only way it works for me. I think if after you do this match, you're right. It's over. You can't. You can't keep doing it. Yep, I agree with that. All right. Um, so it appears as though there's some. The Leon Ruff thing actually became a problem to me this week. I told you last week I was fine with it, and I I still fine with the original decision. I, this is getting too convoluted for me now. You're trying too hard now. You're trying too hard. Now, again... Well, wait, you contradicted yourself because you said if this proved to show that, that they, they... want That they take Leon Ruff seriously as a performer down the road was my point. Like, if this was kicking okay, off... Okay, but this was, this was that. I, and but they're not taking him seriously. Well, the whole that's thing the is that they're not taking him seriously. No, 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 no. Hang on. Aaron, you're separating... You're talking... You're okay. talking about the fake story on TV. Right. The, the the idea of the story they're telling is that they do take right. him that seriously. That they are introducing Leon well, Ruff as a performer that is what, going to be on NXT okay, and I, is going to matter. I, I agree with that, but so far they haven't... They, they need him... Basically, they need him to win. Well, they I, need him to win and win cleanly. I don't disagree like you, with you that. You can't say you're taking him seriously. Do you seriously not think well. they're not teasing that? I don't know what they're teasing right He's now. He's not losing that match. But is he winning it cleanly? Is he actually legitimately winning it, or is he going to crawl over? Uh, you I mean, know, the those story two they're telling would suggest that he will be because. And, he... and and I will I will change my mind a little bit if they do. I'm still a little nervous that they're doing the. So he's. Yeah. So again, this is why I say it's messy, Brandon, because I agree with you on that part. They absolutely are introducing the idea that Leon Ruff is a performer that's going to be on this show. He is part of NXT now. He matters, and that's that's why I think down the road, I'm not going to feel 
particularly bothered by it. But let me separate that from, I don't need this mess. This mess no, was not necessary. That's, that's fair. It's, yes. it's like the mess that they've created on the rest of the show. I, I never need a mess. I'm not, I don't need a bunch of different people to be interacting with everybody for no reason. Like, why in the fuck did anyone think that when Finn Balor was coming out oh. to address the future, it was it was the grossest thing they could have ever done in that moment. It was that was. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna calm down for a second. <laughs> calm down for a second. It's insane. It's insane <laughs> that you would think that what I needed in a moment that was supposed to matter that you were building to for the entirety of the night to get. Like, no actual answer from Finn Balor, and now here's more of, of Pat McAfee. Well, like, un- unless it le- leads to uh, Balor and Dunn. Unless it's going that direction. But again, you're making a mess. You yeah, have a you story. Why did you cherry pick that? Like, what? what well, because that's what the only, Just like, because that's what you want, but like. Yeah, that's on, because that's what I want. But, but so you, what on earth would make you think that that. Right, is, of, of, of what you saw. There was nothing that particularly pointed towards Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. And that's a step the beyond only that. Good I can, can but it, come but that, it, it doesn't make Dunn sense. And together I was in the a lot more concerned about something else, which is Pat McAfee versus. Finn oh, Balor. yeah, way more concerned about that. Well, that I'm more. But there's yeah. a there's another massive problem they in there. The sense there. They they have painted towards something they have to do now. They have to do a war games match between Undisputed Era and those four guys. And yeah. somehow Finn Balor is now. They've already part of, that. By it's, the way, it's the David F. Tom, uh, Pumpkins thing. David S. Pumpkins thing. And and what I when who are those skeletons? Part of it. Somehow <laughs> Finn Balor is now part of this. Why? Who knows? How? Who the fuck knows? It's it's a mess. You're just making a mess for no reason. And this goes back. To, I, I say this all the time. It's it's like the Cody Rhodes thing. If we make a mess, then you'll forget that it's a mess. Like you'll forget about the original mistake we made. The original mistake is taking something that involves all the people that I care about and putting Pat McAfee in it. Well, if we make it a mess, then we'll forget how it is that we ever got there, and it'll just be a mess, right? And if there's just a million yeah. people all brawling with each other, then we just end the show by chanting, this is awesome, because <laughs> we get a ton of people brawling with each other. I don't. There's nothing this awesome goes, about that. This goes back to the really weird thing where the, you, we were supposed to believe that um, that Pete Dunne was like Roderick Strong's buddy to come out and, and turn on him or whatever. Like, why on earth would Finn Balor be in cahoots with the Undisputed Era? Right. That, this, yeah, that it, was this makes no weird. sense. It's it's so nonsensical, and that goes back to the the. And it, I'm just in the, the mess concept. The Leon Ruff thing is a mess now. Like, I, I I I like Leon Ruff, and I'm fine with the moment. But you've taken something that was good, which was Johnny Gargano versus uh, Damian Priest, and now you've turned it into a mess. You've just made a mess out of something that everybody wanted. We all wanted Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest working together more because they're great. And now you've made a mess out of it. I don't hate that. I really don't. I, I don't hate that one. I don't think it's that messy. I think comparing it to what happened at the end of the well, show. Then, yes, obviously what like happened com- at the end of the show is insane. I mean, it's, it's yeah, utterly, like that, completely that's, insane. That's the truly but, but, but like, I, offensive thing. The Leon Ruff thing, like, could it end up be an eye roll or whatever? Like right now, I'm entertained by it. I'm willing to see what happens next time and the you know whatever the time after that. And if this guy, who apparently is either engaged or dating one of the referees or whatever, um, so you know, there's, I don't know. He's, it, he's a good. Re- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
It's not. He's not in this position because he's dating anybody. He's a good wrestler. Yeah, no, like he's, he's very, ingrained. Very he's ingrained into the culture. Is I guess the point I was trying to make. Um, other than the fact that he's a great wrestler, and I thought he showed that he was. You know, who was it that was saying? I'm trying to remember. There was an interview with someone. Was it Santino? Who who said how hard it is to look like you kind of only know how to wrestle? Like how that's like almost. I mean, that would be something Santino would certainly say. Yeah, like because those guys are actually good wrestlers and they have to play a character that is sort of stumbling through it, but that also doing really good moves and how hard that is. I actually was pretty impressed with what he did um, throughout that segment. So when I have a problem with Leon Ruff, it has nothing to do with Leon Ruff, the person, the wrestler. It's Leon Ruff, the character right now, who is the champion. Right. And I thought I, I don't have a, some I, growth where backstage he's like, listen, I'm not a joke. You slapped Damian Priest in the face. I mean, like, this is going. But then they got to show me he's not a joke. But hang on. I, I'm still going to go back to that. All of those stories individually work for me. This story is just all jumbled. Together. It's just all thrown together. And I and I sort of lose purpose of what the ultimate story is supposed to be. You're you're using both Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest to put over Leon Ruff. I mean, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, that, and that's the thing is to make the Leon Ruff story worthwhile, you have to have him win, have him win relatively decisively, and then move Gargano and Priest away from the U.S. title or the North American title, which, which I don't know if like, that's the good thing. I mean, I'm not. But that's what you have to do right now to make the Leon Ruff story worth it. That's not the end of the world, you know what I mean? Like, if that's what it is, but it's not necessary. Like, none of this was necessary. It, I, I'm trying to figure out what the point of all of this was. If the, if the point was supposed to be about Johnny Gargano, and we talked about the boob concept last week, like, if it was supposed to be about Johnny Gargano, I, I don't think that's the story now that's being told. If no, the, it was like Damian Priest fucking with Johnny Gargano. Right, if the point was supposed to be Damian Priest fucking with Johnny Gargano, well, now you're telling a different story related to Damian Priest and Leon Ruff. Like you well, get, now, now the guy that he's using for the quote-unquote joke is being offended. I mean, I actually think this kind of works. But this is what somebody would say is that this is a classic triple threat, right? Like, there's yeah. that's the way the triple threat works is that all three people are involved and all three people have compelling stories. And I, I get it. I, I like I understand that, but you have to decide that you needed a triple threat in order for that to and matter. It had to be for the title, right? And I I don't know that I, I again I'll still well, come then, back I, to listen. I will say one thing, one other thing about this, and that is that two or three weeks ago we all sat on here and said, "Why are Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano fighting again?" So at least it's not that. Like if we can all complain about them wrestling a hundred times, and then we can complain about them changing it, like I I don't know, you know. This is fine. I don't know that that I, makes it better, Brandon. I got to be honest with you. I don't. I just don't think that I'm more compelled by Damian well, Priest. Back, so okay, let, let's. You know, you and I talked about content. Yeah. Like maybe this is just content, right? Like, and, and that I don't. This is content for the sake of content is. But that's the, is necessary. Uh, and if you say anything other than that, you're wrong. No, I mean, it's not necessary with Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano should be providing content. He shouldn't be doing filler content. I, I, Sometimes it's not always everybody's um, number. Like, everybody's number isn't up every week. Sometimes that guy has to do something that isn't the focal right, part of but, the show. But that's, but that's part of the problem is, again, this goes back to the Johnny Gargano thing that I talked about a week ago. Like, that, that you, 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 
you well, right. you but, did but, what you did with Johnny Gargano just to say afterwards it doesn't matter. And that, could, that's could a you fundamental... imagine in like 2000, eh, it's not The Rock's time. Let's put him in, in filler stuff. Well, it's not The Rock. I mean, that's the most absurd no, thing. No, no, he's not, he's no, not The Rock. The no one's there, but he's Hold the on. biggest star on NXT. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy your argument. He's the biggest, is he the biggest star in NXT? You could make an argument there was many years where Randy Orton was the biggest star on Raw. He wasn't in the main event. He was doing something else. You could argue that about a lot of people. You know, there was there's a lot of a lot of John but, Cena but, was feuding but, with Elias hang on, in the middle but there's, of the program. But there's two different things going on there, Brandon. Like like it's one thing when you're talking about a roster that has megastar versus megastar and guys whose turn but it I is. I would argue that you they feel. don't. I mean, I would argue that at the time that the, some of those things were happening, there was not that on the top of the card. There wasn't Pat McAfee, but it wasn't I mean, that, and far that, off. But this is we're, we're, again we're we're kind of going. The problem is right now. You don't really know what you're doing at the top of your card. Yeah. You force Pat McAfee into it, and you have no plan for Johnny Gargano. It it's a mess. The whole thing is a mess. I think I think if you had Adam Cole and you know Finn or like Finn and someone like I I have some theories about what's about to happen um, in a, in next week, but um, Finn and someone viable that this wouldn't be as glaring of a thing, but you know. And then we can talk about Tommaso Ciampa feuding with uh, Timothy Thatcher. By the way, and all it, in, except for the fact that we, we haven't done any of the work to tell to tell right. us why we, we like Tommaso Ciampa again. I was going to say, was it, wasn't Ciampa a heel? Yes, he was. Ago? I was just going to say he's the big show of uh, NXT again, officially. Th- this, is, this goes back to why I'm so, like, we things are supposed to matter. It's supposed it, it, to matter that Johnny Gargano is your star of stars. That's supposed to matter that you had him go over in a huge program. It, these things are supposed to matter. And when you decided to abandon everything, one, to throw yourself behind... Um, uh, oh Carrying Cross. Carrying Cross, thank you. To just say, rip up everything we've done. All we are now is Carrying Cross. That was bizarre. When you doubled that, when you doubled down on that by saying... Fuck everything you've ever known about NXT. NXT is now Karrion Cross and, and Pat fucking McAfee. This <laughs> is what you get. You yep. get this, where everything is a mess and nothing makes sense because who gives a flying fuck about Pat McAfee? Well, the, I, other, the other thing that I think convolutes it a lot is that the, it seems like they're doing double backflips. Here, here's what I'll say. I think this makes it make sense. This makes the fact that it doesn't make sense make sense. And it is that they're trying entirely too hard to do something to keep Tommaso Ciampa and Gargano as far away from the main event as they can. And in doing that, they've overthought themselves. Does that sound like There's, something there might that be you're some, There might be something to that. Like that's, I'm not saying it's impossible, but... But they're also doing it poorly. Right. Well, and, I say, no, that's a separate Well, and, and it's something that, like, that required, if if you were so hell-bent on, we can't have any of these guys anywhere around each other, there needed to be a better thought-out strategy to, to work through that, right? Like, it couldn't be, hey, we'll figure it out as we go along, and we'll throw them into different things and try to make it work. I, I wish we had the privilege of knowing, and, and the answer could be there wasn't one, but, like, what was the plan if Karrion Cross wasn't injured? Like... Yeah. Oh, I wonder what all these guys would be doing if Karrion Cross never got hurt and Finn Balor, you know, I don't know. Was he still going to become the champion or was he uh, well, and in case of emergency I, break? I, I, I don't think it's certainly not now. Karrion right. Cross would have been right. champion. Right. No question about that. And I would say okay. that, again, where we have to be fair is that all of this is also in 
who knows what the plans were before the fucking world you know right, went to COVID, shit right? right like that that all impacts all of this well, but well, there is something interesting well, happening next week that piques my um interest a little what kevin owens on commentary yeah i mean look i'm not telling you i'm not like i'm not thinking about that and there have been a lot of there's been a lot of smoke about the idea of kevin owens you know being in nxt for a while um and alistair black now so maybe we're getting an injection soon. But wasn't the report that they declined his request? Right, but who knows if it gets brought up again. What I would say is <laughs> sure. even even if for whatever reason you were just doing like um hell, let's you know, we need to have a championship match at war games and so let's Finn. just throw Kevin Owens Finn at it. And then Kevin Owens goes right back to to the main roster. I'm still okay with that just because I'm getting a Kevin Owens Finn Balor championship right. match out By of it. By the way, they also threw him into war games last year. <laughs> Yes, they did. Christ, they did, didn't they? They did. <laughs> they did. They, they, yeah. they just. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 your break glass in case. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's, but it's, kind of going. No, going this is your Daniel Bryan, right? Um, but we, is, but we even said that when we talked about Daniel Bryan as being that that Kevin Owens is that guy too. They're both that guy. They are both eternally that guy in case of emergency. Blake break glass, and we all say, "All right, we're not mad anymore." <laughs> we're yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm getting Finn Kevin Owens. I don't yeah, care right? what they do on the show for the all next right. two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> You don't even need a build. You can just have a match. Facts. Fact. <laughs> when it comes to that, that's the way it goes. All right. Um, let's talk a little AEW before the Bucks. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick. Why? Is Rhea Ripley going to the main roster? I, I would, yes. ass- I would, I would assume so. I would assume so, yes. But that that by the level, was she's incredible. No, it was great. You're 100% right. It was great. I'm sorry, Aaron. What would you say? I, I said I, I don't know if it's you know next week, but by the Rumble, she's officially up. Yeah. All right. That, that was what a match. Okay. Um, there's really not a lot to be said about AEW from this week. It was a kind of a ho hum show. Um, we know that they're they're giving extra branding to this um, dynamite episode where they're going to have the title match. Um, Winter is coming in Jacksonville, Florida, where I mean, it'll be 65 degrees. Fine. I mean, who cares? We're, you're overthinking. <laughs> I, I just that. like that. I, I thought that was funny. It's, it's fine. I mean, I still don't know like how I feel about how that plays into whatever they're going to end up doing. Um, I could not be less interested in what they think is interesting. I mean, like they are not the job they think they're doing with Will Hobbs and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks <laughs> could not be further from what's actually being presented. Like they think they're doing something that people are interested in. Maybe there are people. They ain't this guy. It is not interesting or compelling <laughs> in any way. Who gives a fuck? And it, um, you know, like. I, I, I'm nothing against those guys. Like those guys are I was fine. Say, I like. I, I'm mildly into it just because I'm. I'm kind of curious about Will of Hobbs. You are. No, of course no, no, hold you on, are. Hold on. Hold on. Will, do you, are, do you hate Will Hobbs? I from yes! what I from Will Hobbs, he seems no. The no, hate is not the right word. He is the most boring person on the planet. He has been since he debuted. He has been not in in the least interesting. And now we're supposed to care that he's turned heel. Like what? No. Oh, I don't care about him turning heel. I just I think when again outside of him interacting with Kobe, a little interesting in matches. I've seen some moves that have interested me. Right. Yes, Who is, he, as a wrestler, he interests me. I don't. I mean, I, he needs this to have a big zero for me. Yeah, okay. he would need to have more matches in order for that to come off. Like he would need. They to... act like. We should know, right? Like, th- like they talk about him, like, you know, we've watched the seventy-five matches he's had on Dark or whatever, and we should all um, and, and understand that, that he's a real star. They, yeah, that's the that's the problem with the AEW in a nutshell is we watch all these fifty different shows and somehow it, you know, 
Man. I mean, to me, he's just the guy that's always... By the way, I don't know if we talked about this, but like two weeks ago, there was a segment where... And maybe they thought that was them doing the work on what happened this week, where like he ran out right before it went on commercial after everything was over. Oh, oh yeah. And it, and it, <laughs> yeah. Why was he there? A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, that that was just that awful, awful Cody segment where there was fifty yeah. more things wrong with it. But at the end, I, I I remember tweeting. I was like, "Wait, what just happened with Will Hobbs? They completely mistimed that." And someone responded, "Wait, that was your problem with the segment?" Right. Correct. I mean, there was a lot more problems. Like it's just not he interesting. Just, he's shirtless guy with a chair. Like, That's what, all he's been. I guess all I would say is, what is the point of this? Like, yeah. what? Why? They're, they're not presenting to me any reason uh, why. I was say, in in an ideal world, is he goes over Cody and makes him, but that's not happening. Well, it's not happened for anybody, so why would it happen for that's him? That's my point. Darby <laughs> Allen got to go over Cody only to be Cody's sidekick moving forward. So. And then and then get jobbed the fuck out in that match. I mean... Like, why is he getting pinned? Because of course he's getting pinned. Brandon, because of course he well, is. Well, come on, be, be, because you needed uh, Will Hobbs to attack Cody instead of attack Darby at the end. I mean, uh, this, Clearly. It's just so... But it's, couldn't he have come out... I mean, the fact that I'm even trying to make sense of that match it is... Like, why should I? But, like, right. couldn't they have done that without having him take a pin? <laughs> I mean, I get it. You're not going to let Cody take a pin. That's, but... that's the reality, Brandon. I don't know why you're overthinking it. I don't know why you're spending <laughs> yeah, more well, time thinking about it. Just then... be a DQ? Like, why, why is he? Have... I mean, I get it. They're trying to say, hey, look, I, I, Brian I, Cage I, has a victory over him, so now yeah. he gets a title match. I yes, know that's, that's that's why. Okay, but that's WWE. And and we, we I know we say it every week. That is exactly what everybody hates about WWE is that shit. I don't know if that's that's what everybody hates about WWE. I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. Well, that's something but, that the wrestlers well, have all said in their interviews is the only way someone gets a title match is by but, pinning but, the champion. But, but that's in a singles match. It's a lot worse when WWE because WWE does it in right. A I would I would actually match. they would just do a, a singles right. And in match, a weird way, I actually don't. Okay. I don't really have a problem with that part in and of itself, right? But what I would say is. I don't know if I still don't know that that's the story that you're telling me. I don't I don't know if their problem is with Darby Allen or with Cody Rhodes. And I have no, no you're, I, right, you're right and in my head I thought, "Wait, this isn't the this isn't the promotion gearing up for war games, is it?" Right. Like Cuz that's what it felt like. If if the point of all of this is to get the Brian Cage versus Darby Allen, like, uh, okay, you know, like I you got to get there somehow and it's convoluted, but you got to get there, but that that it, it, believing that requires you to think that they believe that Cody Rhodes is the 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 side part of this story, and I don't believe that. <laughs> like I don't it, believe. It, well, well, they that didn't they, tell us that because at the end, what did we see? These guys standing over Cody, Cody Rhodes. Darby. Exactly right. right. I'll never believe that they think that Cody Rhodes is a secondary <laughs> part of the story. So I still well, don't that's know. That's how the show ended with him laying there and they're Correct. all. You know, so I Darby still couldn't even see him. He was out, out of the ring. I still don't know that I believe that what we're trying to get to is Brian Cage versus Darby Allen. And I thought, again, that the whole thing is just unnecessary. Um, the inner circle stuff was fine. I mean, it was, it was, I was, it was I, fine. Was, I, I thought that was bad. I, I really? really did. Why? I, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was timely. I didn't think, I think outside of, I, I enjoyed the, at the bar, them trying to one up each other. Outside I think of that, you're trying I didn't to, think there was I think you, I think you were obsessed with the idea that it was all about that. Like the hangover part was brief. You know what I mean? Like it was the entire was second the entire segment. segment. No, the second segment, maybe. Yes. The second yes, segment, the correct. The entire no, the whole, segment the whole, the whole segment, because no, the, the first part of, wasn't the hangover, the hangover is them going out to the bars and stuff. And, and stuff. Wait, what? The whole segment was the hangover. 
That's the, the they're not fucked up the whole time. They begin by just going out and they talk about being in a wolf pack. I mean, it definitely. But the, 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 correct. It started the second segment started when they were up on the the rooftop, which is yeah, that that's the first that's the segment. first. That was roof. what? That was the first segment. The rooftop part was the first segment. Actually, you know what? I think they went to the roof twice. I think that's why it's getting confusing. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know, man. Like the the part that was clearly the hangover part was in the second part of the segment, and I don't. Yeah. Again, I think you're over. I think we're overanalyzing that. Like the Hangover is still but, a funny movie. Doing but just because they, it came well, the out, the way they did it wasn't funny. It was just them doing the Hangover. Well, let me just clarify. I have no problem with them doing the Hangover. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to reiterate. I do think that's obviously what it, you know. I, I think that it starts with them being in Vegas, and then like this. But that's is, what the Hangover is. But that's sort of the, the Hangover is a movie about Vegas in a way. There's no question. Like and it's Vegas, a, guy, a bunch of guys that take a trip to Vegas. It seems fine. Then they wake up and things right. are all screwed up. Correct. I understand that. I understand the entire theory. Now again. I why I, I really don't understand why that would be offensive. Now the weird part yeah, well, is it's that's not the part offensive. I don't get. It's just not good. I like I, I laughed once during that entire. But I don't think the section. point of it was that it was supposed to be like dr- hilarious. I think the point of it was supposed to be to further the storyline between MJF and the Inner Circle, which I actually I, think it effectively did. Yeah, I agree with Glenn, but I will say this. I do think they thought it was funnier than it was. I mean, they might have. Maybe they but, did, but I don't. But, but there's nothing bad about it. I mean, this is fine. It's it's a typical Jericho segment. Was it the best Jericho uh, segment like this? Of course not. I think this but... is a bad. I think this is a bad way to analyze things. If we're talking about things in professional wrestling that are actually genuinely funny, I, I think that list is very very yeah. small. It's yeah, not right. typically genuinely yeah. funny. It's sort of what I said about Le Dinner Debonair, right? Like I. It it wasn't. They didn't nail it. They didn't. It was it was off. It you know you could barely hear the jokes that were being told because no, they're bad the, singers. The fact that they did it, but was, the idea was, was yeah. what mattered. It worked. Right. The idea was good. It was a good concept in theory, and just going for it was good enough. Look, there. Are, it's so rare that something in professional wrestling stands up as being just absolutely hilarious that you will remember it forever Basically it is everything our truth does correct there's our truth and there's almost nothing else right by, like, by the way it they were they were really in vegas right yeah uh yes they had pictures from vegas and stuff yes. i will give them uh the smarts of writing a free trip to vegas into their storyline yes well, yes yes <laughs> very brilliant brilliant no question about it and again i think the purpose probably got the of tk it, private jet to go out yeah probably did um, the, I think the purpose was effective. I think it was yeah, effective in trying to like push forward this awkwardness that exists between all of these people and whether or not it's going to maintain. And frankly, I think it's easier to do it with something like that than it would have been to try to do it as part of your wrestling show. I, I think it's convoluted almost as part of your wrestling show. And you're going to have to do it, obviously, in future episodes because you got to keep this thing going. I think it was smart to take it somewhere else. I'm not telling you it's going to be... I'm, I'm not going to remember it again. I'm not remembering this for months. I think it was merely a week-by-week week effective way of, of pushing forward a story. And that's fair enough. I, I, I think, honestly, I just I, I thought the second segment was so meaningless that it, I don't think the second segment did push anything ahead. That it, I think I would feel differently if they had just left it with the first segment. Maybe. I mean, maybe. But I don't think it hurt anything either, so I'm not... You know what I mean? Like, it 
If what we're saying is that in worst case scenario it was a nothing, that's better than a lot of things they do. I'm just going to be Fair. honest with you. That's better than yeah, a lot was, of things it, that it happen was, in professional was, wrestling. I, I will tell you this. It was one of the highlights of this episode. Yeah, on a, on a really forgettable episode. It definitely it was one of it, – it was better than a lot of other things. We're doing more uh, NWA Women's Championship matches, which makes sense when you have a whole roster full of women that – I don't know. We'll move forward. Well, um, the, the champion didn't appear on the show. Yeah. Yeah. But she'll be on next. <laughs> but you had an NWA women's championship match. You had an attack after that I was going to say, match. you set up an NWA feud, but you can't and, set up. Well, and a, and a Brandy feud. Well, hang on. I thought they set up Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. They did. But it, why? why okay, well, but, that's but, not, that's I mean, not, that's at least in the division. I, you're right. It's it's not a championship yeah, feud. It's I mean, kind of. Right. Yeah. So I think I actually, if if what you're doing is pulling Thunder Rosa away from the NWA yeah, championship, that's a better way to do it, and, yeah. and like enveloping her in in your brand, like okay, moving forward, as long as that's what you're doing. Yeah. But to constantly be going back to NWA, NW, like you have a women's division. What and the fuck and is your going belt. on? Yeah, and we're gonna do the. I guess we're doing Anna J and 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 Hikaru Hikaru maybe doesn't have a first name Sheeta because nobody has the. No, she was just Sheeta. That's this what, that's week she was just Sheeta. But oh, no, also but we knows? got the um, what's her name attacking Brandy Rhodes. Another, yeah, another. By the way, that the Shack chick. Yeah, Jake Cargill. That's a weird bit too because like at some point it must be addressed that like okay you just got a contract and you realize that these people are the bosses like somehow that's got to be addressed <laughs> as to why it's okay. Well, like for her to be allowed to attack some, it's one thing when you're doing it within a match, right? Like when somebody's fighting with Cody Rhodes, like it's within a match. Just attacking someone backstage, like that's always been the problem with the with uh, the wrestler certainly, as part authority of the figure. No, no, no. See here, Glenn. I don't know if you know this, but um, they're just about matches. Like they right. don't, they don't, they have don't stories. start yeah, something backstage. Point. Yeah, they don't do imaginary into... pieces of cake. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. They don't ever just do silly. Now we're in a fight segments. Like it doesn't work that way in AEW. Boy, I was going to transition, but instead I'm going to take another minute to transition uh, before <laughs> we get there. Uh, what else? I don't even remember what else happened on AEW. To be honest with you, well, oh, you know, Bucks had the the match with Top Flight, and that was good. That was a cool. good match. Yeah, it was a fun. Yeah, you know, that was fun. Still don't really know. What what's happening? Like I still don't good really match. know. Um, the Moxley I, promo was good. Uh, yeah, the Moxley promo was, was good. quite as good as people are making it out to be. But it was right. good. It was good. I don't disagree with that. It was good. Um, I I wish I wish I cared more about Pack. I wish I did. I don't. I, and it's not even like a because of what WWE did to him. I didn't really care about him all that much when he was in NXT either. If I'm being honest with you, he just never clicked for me. Despite the fact that I acknowledge he's a very good wrestler. He's just never right. clicked as so, someone that I care a lot about. So, so we might disagree a little bit on this. I, I actually really, I really liked the work he was doing at Two Hundred Five Live before he left. Okay, and then when he came into AEW, I, I really appreciated. Um, I appreciate. What? How do I want to word this? I appreciate what he is for who he is. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, I never thought he could do what he's doing based on, like you said, when he was Adrian Neville in NXT, I did it. I think he was fine, but this, I don't know. I like this like evil, whatever character he plays. And I really like him with Pentagon and, uh, Ray Phoenix. And I, I mean, I I think that's an interesting little group. And I, I, I was interested in it whenever they formed. And then 
immediately we went into COVID, right. you know, nightmare. Yeah. And we never got to really see the fruits of that. So, I mean, although, unfortunately, they're just going to feud with these Eddie Kingston guys. But, with you know, Kingston and Butcher and Blade, probably gonna have, we're probably going to have like eight, six-man tags between these right. groups. I, but, like, they'll be good matches. And I like those guys. And I don't know. We'll see. See, to me, that's the part. Because I'm with you. I really like Death Triangle. And I think yeah. Death Triangle could be something really big if done properly. But I'm a little bummed that it's probably going to come at the expense of Eddie Kingston, who I thought, you know, we has done great work for the past two months. That's I'm, I'm not sad about that at all. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's the problem. He did do great work, Aaron, but they still never, you know what I mean? Oh, like, I, I agree with you, but I thought they could. Like, I wanted to see what, you know, after you move it past, yeah. you know, obviously he wasn't winning the title. If, if you just make him as the upper mid-card or what you could get out of him. I, you know what? We talked about a trio's belt before. <laughs> Maybe it's time to have that conversation again. Maybe this bit. would be a good time to have that conversation. It is an absolute pleasure to be joined now by the AEW Tag Team Champions. The book is available right now from Backyards. Killing the business from Backyards to the Big Leagues. They, of course, are Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Boys, what a thrill. Thank you for taking the time. Can you take me through, like, during this incredible journey of your guys, when you decided, hey, this might actually make a pretty good book if we sat down and wrote about it at some point. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I I don't even think I even thought of it until, like, Matt got a call from HarperCollins, and they actually offered us to write a memoir. And it was always Matt's uh, bucket list goal to write a book. So I never really even thought of it. And, Matt had thought of it for a long time, so we couldn't uh, turn down that offer. And we we realized we had a unique career, and uh, it it fits for a good book. And we're glad that uh, we got it done. To say the least, man. To say the least, your story fits for a good book. It, it, was there a moment in your career where you guys realized, hey, this is what we're doing is is unique. This is not the same path that other people have taken this could be something that, that could be a story, whether it's a book or not, a story that could be told for years to come of, of how we did something far different than anybody else in this business. Yeah, I, I think that when it became a full-blown movement for us was when we put out Being the Elite and it was getting, you know, 250,000 views and our meet and greet lines were three to four hours long and every town we went to was sold out every t-shirt in the audience, 90% of the t-shirts were Young Bucks or Bullet Club t-shirts. Mm-hmm. That, that's when we started realizing that that we were stumbling upon something historic and something crazy that hadn't happened in wrestling. When you could turn on a, a WWE episode of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown and you could spot a dozen Young Bucks or Bullet Club <laughs> t-shirts in the front row or whatever. Like, that's, that's when we knew this was becoming larger than us. This was, this was, this was something special that probably should be documented you know and uh i remember you know when when we announced the on sale for the all-in show and that was kind of the culmination of everything i just discussed when we sold out over ten thousand seats in less than 30 minutes yep. that's when i realized i was just like this 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 is a move this is a movement and uh i i i journaled early on in my career when we first started going to japan and stuff because i read so many wrestlers books and they talked about their you know, their journeys and their time in Japan. I knew that that was something special too. So like I, I was, I was doing it. I think knowing that one day we'd probably turn it into a book. Um, 
I just always knew in my soul, I would tell, I would tell my parents, I'm going to grow up and be a famous wrestler. I would tell my parents, that, or I would tell my wife, Dana, don't worry, one day I'm going to make a lot of money and we're going to have a big contract. Like, it's just something I, I knew in my heart that I was born and destined to do. And when you know, you just know. You hear that from a lot of you know, famous athletes or celebrities or whatever, uh, actors. They, they, when you're destined to do something, that, there's nothing that's going to stop you. And Nick and I were so tunnel-visioned on, on, on living this dream and we weren't going to, you know, accept no. And, and here we are now, and we're, we're just so blessed to be in the position that we're currently in. Again, the book is available right now, Young Bucks Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues. Matt and Nick are with us. Um, Matt, Nick, I, look, there are so many things that we, we are nerds. We have to admit that. We're such nerdy yeah. fans, and there's so many things that we want to cover, and we don't get that much time with you. If I could start, you know, you, you have this incredible journey. You get, you create AEW. It's this phenomenon. But, like, you know, no pun intended, like, instead of bucking the industry now, you're you're kind of part of the business, right? Like, you're the executive vice president of the company. In, in what ways is it difficult to both walk the line of being a performer and being responsible for making this company exist and thrive and work and establish itself. When is that tough for you guys doing both things at the same time? Right. That's, uh, that's something we still struggle uh, with to this day. Uh, because Matt and I, we, we love being one of the boys, you know. We, we like uh, hanging out with the guys. We, we, uh, we feel like uh, we're still a, a part of that. Like, but at the same time we know that we're quote unquote the office so mm-hmm. uh, we know that some wrestlers probably won't uh, talk to us like uh, normal anymore because we have the responsibility of helping book these guys or push these guys or things like that so it's, it's difficult but you know what I mean like uh, we're still working on it and you know we that's why we we still do things like go into the uh the locker room and hang out with the guys and talk with them and chat with them. And we just want everyone to be happy and not all the time. Everyone is going to be happy. And that's the hard part is balancing that. Like I'd never like to see anyone mad with, with their uh, creative and things like that. So uh, it's, it's something that we're, we're probably going to uh, work on the rest of our careers. You know? And being, being on that side of it, do you now sort of identify more or can you sort of see the other side of the uh, pressure or the struggle um, that you have on that, on that creative side of the business when you're not just the performer, you're, you're on that side and, and what you do affects the performers and do you now sort of sympathize with how hard that is on its own without even you know, acknowledging the fact that you're performers oh. yourselves? Absolutely. I sympathize so much with every promoter or booker I've ever worked for, mm-hmm. and I realize just how how difficult it, uh, it is and what a difficult task it is to, to be responsible for so many wrestlers, uh, guys and gals, and, and trying to get everybody on the show and, and trying to get everybody a great segment or a great match. It, and it's really, it is impossible to make everybody happy, and, and, and it's, it's tough to tell people, hey, you just have to wait your turn, because... Nobody wants to wait their turn. They want to be the featured <laughs> act, and they want to win every match. Right. And that's just the way the industry works, you know. And and it's tough. And and someone told me in the beginning when we first became executives of this company that this is a lonely job, and it's a thankless job. And and I learned that really quick. Hmm. And 
because you're usually only told how bad of a job you're doing. Nobody's ever going to really pat you on the on the back and be like, "You're doing really great," you know. Like especially in this era of social media toxicity, where you're only really you know mentioned when when they want to complain, you know. So that it, that makes it tough because you never really know when you're doing a good job because nobody's going to tell you. <laughs> They're only going to tell you when you right. suck. You know? <laughs> but I, I, I sympathize for for anybody who's ever been uh, in a, on a creative team because it's an impossible job, and you just have to do your best. And, and that's all we can ever do at the end of the day is go, we tried our best, we did our best with that episode, and we'll do another one next week because there's always next week. You, know? well, you, you guys could not have defined professional wrestling fans any better than that right <laughs> there. <laughs> um, just another minute or two here with the Young Bucks, killing the business from backyards to the big leagues. Um, guys, we had a whole conversation last week. Your colleague, uh, Cody Rhodes, made a comment on a media call about uh, storylines and the way that we think about the concept of storylines and why maybe they're not necessary anymore in professional wrestling and what you guys are doing. Um, there have been people that have suggested that like traditional faces and heels are not necessary anymore. Where do you think in 2020 and, and moving forward the need for good, well-told storylines and for traditional heels and faces is in the world of professional wrestling? You want me to take it, Nick? I think uh, for, for, yeah, me, for me... Uh, man, I feel like in 2020, with, with the limited, you know, audience even watching physically there, there's no crowd reaction there. So now's the time to really be able to experiment with whatever you want. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think that good versus bad will always work, and it's it's the, it's it's classic, it's legendary, it's it's you know, since the beginning of time. That's the way that you tell stories, right? But any good television show that I watch these days has nuanced characters who are interesting and it's, it's good people doing bad things, you know, like it's bad people doing good things. Like, man, I didn't know that main villain had a dog and he pets that dog and he loves that dog. That's weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're human beings. Most importantly, we're human beings. Like I remember watching breaking bad and, and rooting for Walter White. Yeah, sure. Terrible yeah. things. Like I, I like, I like nuanced, uh, shades of gray characters and it can work in wrestling as long as the the wrestling fan who has become basically so used to watching a story start on hour one and be completed by hour two or three like they they those are the ones that i want to say hey keep watching week to week because there is going to be continuity and and if you do watch our show on a weekly basis we will tie every loose end and we will pay off every storyline just please trust us and watch us and have patience because sometimes people are like, I don't like where the story's going. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're supposed to struggle and, and it's supposed to be a little painful in week three because we have eight more weeks to tell that story. And, and res- wrestling fans want it right then and they want it right there. And, and, and sometimes that becomes uh, annoying for us because we're like, if, 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 if I could just tell you, just pay attention and watch, this week is supposed to be this way. It's supposed to be a little confusing and convoluted this week, but trust me, we're going to pay off the story. I want to sometimes reach out to our viewer and grab them by their throat and say, listen, just listen to us, but you can't. You know what I mean? And, and it's up to us to, to entertain them, and, and hopefully by the end of the story, by the conclusion of the story, they liked it, and if they didn't, then that's our fault, and we have to try harder next time. All right, I promise I'm going to let you guys go, but I, we, we, are, we happen to be close personal friends with a couple of um, good brothers, and I have to know, it, we got the FTR match. Is there any hope? And you can say this in just three words. Is there any hope at all that at some point 
we get this other match that we really want with you guys as a story, speaking of a story that has been told in the past. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, never say never, I guess. Uh, especially in, in today's landscape of wrestling, uh, anything can happen. And if it's good for business and it makes sense, Matt and I are up for everything Love it. anything. Uh, so, yeah, I would say maybe, who knows? Stay tuned. I love that. All right, Young Bucks, Killing the Business from Backyards to the Big Leagues. It's available right now. Boys, uh, a, a thrill. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this week, man. Continued success to you guys in a remark- remarkable journey. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. All right, thank you to the Bucks. Um, appreciate them taking the time for us this week. Pretty big get. Um, Brandon, let's yeah, let's let's respond a little bit to that. Um, Aaron will never listen to it, so he can't really uh, chime in. Um, and, and, and what an idiot he had to go work or something and couldn't be a part of the interview. Um, you think their response was sort of them acknowledging a little bit of the things that we've been complaining about? I do. I, 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 I was impressed. I think we talked a little bit after, uh, after we did that and I was impressed with their candor and I was impressed with their honesty about, how hard it is to be a performer and sort of in, not in charge of, but a part of the creative process. Mm-hmm. And and I thought you could hear it in his voice. It, I mean, it wasn't just the words they said. Like you could. Yeah, you listen, I agree. I mean, everybody was, just listened. Yep. Um, it, and if you go back and and listen again and think about it, like you can hear the pain in the voice of like this is really fucking hard. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I kind of felt a little bit of that too in listening to that answer. And, you know, I I don't know that that means they're acknowledging that they've, they've, they've erred in the process as much as it's acknowledging, look, we know this is hard and we do have a greater respect for maybe some of the people that have done it. And, look, this goes back to what we always said. Like, I, when this all started... I, I, I said a million times, this is professional wrestling. Whatever you're complaining about with WWE, at some point... If this company matters, you're going to complain about the exact same things with AEW. It, it's this the way that, like, you still have a business that you have to run. You still have things that you have to do. Um, that's the way it's going to go. Now, it's taken me far less time to get there than some other people did. It took Brandon uh, not even one episode uh, in order to get there in terms of complaints about it. But this is the nature. The nature of it is, like, you can't pretend like you aren't you're you're not the same as all the boys in the locker room. You're just not. You you that's it's not the way it works um when you go into a role like that. And that inevitably will cause problems. And you know th- there was some reading between the lines there too where like they essentially acknowledge there are problems. Like it's not as it's not as um you know when you listen to their podcast, the AEW podcast and Everybody gives you that line of bullshit that's like, oh, it's so awesome here and we can do whatever we want and everybody's happy and kumbaya. That interview did not indicate that that's true to me. No, no, it didn't. But you know what I mean? Like, I. I, Which is fine. Right. I think we all know that. I think we all. It's fine to acknowledge reality. Like, you don't have to. And again, we're kind of putting words in the mouth. That's not exactly what they said either. I said reading between the lines. Yeah, it's just sort of. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's just sort of taking some of those reactions to that. It's a feeling I got based on how, you know, based on talking to a lot of people over the years that guard themselves a little. It's the feeling I got 
from their response was and, that like, and I appreciate. I, I think you know I'd have to go back and listen, but I do think they did say everyone's not always happy. Well, I think I mean, they might have. They literally said they said haven't that. been spending nearly as much time as they. I mean, like they, they said they go out of their way to try to be in the locker room, the whole deal. Right. Um, but no, it's it's interesting. The other part of it that was interesting to me is that in response to the conversation we had last week, they 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 essentially agree with us. Now, as I said then. If there was ever time to experiment, sure, fine. The COVID era is a time to experiment with doing things in a different way without having the same crowd thing. We've all kind of agreed with that. Like, you can experiment and try some different things. But ultimately thinking that you're shaking professional wrestling to its core and doing away with storylines or doing away with heels and faces is insane. It's, it's nuts. Professional wrestling will always be at its best. When there's someone now, you know, if, if we could have put the truth serum in them and if we had them for 10 more minutes than what we had them for, maybe we could have addressed the fact that, like, okay, now explain the program you just had, right? Like, right. Like, right. Like, like, in this context, explain the program you're coming out of because that's, that's our main gripe when we have this conversation is that it's, it should have been a, a wondrous program, but there was no good involved. And... That left us feeling kind of empty. It left us feeling like, I, I don't know what I want from this. But they acknowledge, yes, professional wrestling will always be at its best, at its core, when there is good and bad. That's professional wrestling. That's the way it should be and forever needs to be, the notion of there not being heels and faces, more often than not. Again, there can always be room for gray area, but you better make it compelling somehow or some way that was the only part that was really missing, as Aaron points out. Yes, the match ended up being good, and there's no question about that. But there, it still lacked the why Why am I captivated by this? Why do I care how this match ends up going? You never gave me that reason at all whatsoever, and that's the disappointing part. All right, uh, a couple things real quick. but We're going to talk Danny Mays here in a minute, uh, as we remember the bruiser. Um, I want to cover... Uh, going back to the WWE stuff, um, and we did not talk. We this happened on Friday, right? The Zelina Vega thing. Yeah. So sometime around there, yeah. Yeah. So we didn't get the chance to talk about it last week. Um, I, I don't want to over. I, I want to start by saying I don't want to overreact to this. I don't want to pretend like we know things that we don't know. Um, when we talked about it the first time, Brandon, like we we agree that. This is something that we have to admit is more complex than we want it to be. And did you see the statement that WWE put out? I saw the first one. The it, one that the one that gave more information no, about I did other not, things. I she did was not doing. see that. I did not see that. Let me see if I can find it. The, the one that basically it was the OnlyFans that was there. And and see, and that's where they're gonna lose my support on 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 like where does this stuff stop? And, and it's it's like we were saying before, um, you know, there's a, by the way, there's a connotation that goes along with having an OnlyFans, whether it's, whether it's okay or not is that a whole other it's conversation. It's that it's porn, right? I get that. I understand. And and that's and, not necessarily the case. Like, it's it's not. A lot of people have OnlyFans that are not ever posting anything naked on their page. They, they use it basically as a Patreon. Right. That's, that's, that's right. However... I think the intention of the people who sign up or the well, hope. There's been a lot of discussion about that over the years. Yes. There, there was what, who was the act Bella Thorne who created an OnlyFans and was like, yeah. everybody was like, Oh great. We're going to go see. And then that's not what she was doing. And then 
but it, she knew. But the, the and that's the problem is that like in in the case of this person, I can I'm not going to say anything about anyone else, but this person in particular, at least the public opinion is that she knew that and did it on right. purpose and and sort of took advantage of everyone Correct. and the whole Which, deal. Like, good, that's fine. I was going to say I I don't know if I'm necessarily against that. If, well, I don't really. Know. I don't know, but I think it's different. Whenever like like if someone who worked for us did that, it would not be okay. I'm just telling you that right well, now. And, I don't know whether that's a thing that shouldn't be or whatever. I don't know enough, but I can tell you that if someone who is a public representative of my company was doing that, it would be an issue. Was posting naked pictures on the internet. Well, yeah. Specifically, was, 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 that's not what only fans and sending thirst traps to get people to pay for. Well, okay, but I think that has to be, and this is, and this is where it really comes back to it. I have no problem. You are allowed. This is the way this country works. Do whatever you want, right? You are allowed in your contracts with your employees to create your standards. Yes. And if that's the standard that you believe you have to have, then you know you can do that, and that's the that's nature of a free market. If there's another company that says, mm, we don't care, you can post whatever pictures you want to post anywhere, Exactly. then you can choose to go work for them, and that can be an advantage to that company. That company can say, we think that this has created uh, a market inequity that we can take advantage of. That, And this is, you know, we see this, conservatives are trying to create parlor because they're being not being allowed to lie on Twitter, right? Like... Because they can't just say insane things and have it go unchecked on Twitter. Well, we think that there we can step in and and this is a free market. Create something else. Well, we'll let you lie through your teeth and just make up whatever you want to make up over here on this other social media account, and it will go unchecked. We'll never do anything about it. That's the nature of the free market, right? Like it can work that way. The two things I have the biggest issue with is changing the rules after you start playing the game. That yeah, part, that part, I'll never be okay with. You like what's in the contract and what's not. You don't get to rewrite the contract after it's written because you didn't think about these types of things. Whatever well, to be fair, if they didn't exist, that's, you know, well, there is but that. Specifically. Stuff, streaming platforms, other forms have existed. Right. But, but right. just to be fair, it is impossible to keep up with it all. It, I'm, but, but what I'm, but what I'm saying is, con- like, it, there there's, was nothing about outside There's got to be something in. broad, right? Like, yeah. to say, yeah. to say um, well, OnlyFans didn't exist. Okay, but something did. There was something in the contract sure. about what yeah. you could do. She was she was streaming. She was on, uh, maybe not Twitch, but she was doing the video game stuff before she got to WWE. Well, twi- Twitch wasn't a thing whenever these people signed. I well, mean, but whatever it, it is. Hasn't she been there for like six years? It hasn't been that long. It's only been, I mean, basically when she showed up with Andrade was the first, like, well, she wasn't, almost, she was not in the company when she filmed the Page movie. She was not working for the company right. when they did that. Right. So, I don't know. So we're I, talking four years, four or five, maybe. Yeah, that sounds something like that. Whatever the point being, the, the, broadly, the topic of what else you're allowed to do besides, you know, your work with the company has to be covered in the contract. And if it's yes. not, like, you don't get to come back and say, well, now we're telling you... are making you- too much money off of this. We don't like it. Correct. Like, that's not okay. No. So I'm, I'm, I've got a problem with that. Now, again, this goes back... We're trying to paint this as a black and white thing. We're like, WWE is evil because they're taking away all these other ways for people to make money. And, and, like, I hear you. I understand why it is that you're saying that. And, again, it sounds hinky. But at the same time, this goes back to the nature of the company that you're working for. You're working for a company where you are presenting that character. You are playing that role. And that company is always going to want you to present that character as much as possible and not some other character, right? Like, they're always going to want that. How much they get of that, to be fair, TV shows don't get to say to the actors on the TV shows, you have to be 
you know, um, yeah. they have morality clauses, but no, you don't have to be the character 24 seven. Correct. There's always going to be a fine line in here that we don't want to acknowledge. We just want it to be very black and white and say, this is bullshit. You should be allowed to do whatever you want. Well, make no mistake, particularly with WWE performers, they are also taking advantage of the platform that WWE gives them in order to try to profit more while they're there. Like, there, there's something here that is, again, I'm not telling you makes it so that you know, absolutely WWE is right to shut it all down. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there no. is more gray area than yes. you want to acknowledge that there is in this conversation. I think it's shameful that WWE would shut down Zelina Vega the way that they did. I think that was, you know, that was a really bad look unless we find out, and I, maybe maybe you guys know more of the details. If if she already knew she was fired when she sent out the unionization tweet... Oh, I, I think that's, that's the case. I the, the WWE confirmed that. All right. If I that, 100% if, if believe that was... Okay. Yeah. If that's the case, then then that's just her trying to get a rise out of people, and so then yes. I'll, I'll back off of that entirely. Yeah. Um, that, that part, 100%. WWE confirmed that, and WWE confirmed at least... Okay. I guess I should find the statement, but my impression of the statement careful, was and careful about the use the use of confirmed too. It's what WWE said. Yeah, it's the story they're telling. That's a good. That's a good point, right? Like, well, I mean, they confirm their side. Whatever. Well, WWE says that they. I, I'm just saying it's not some random person saying right, they, right, right. They, this, this. Is what WWE says. Yeah, WWE said that um, she refused to stop her streaming and then opened an OnlyFans. Which led me to believe that that was the straw. Well, the OnlyFans was the part they cared about most. Because it said we had been discussing the Twitch with her. So it almost sounded like, now, of course, it could be complete bullshit, but it almost sounded like they were discussing that, and then she did this, too. No, this, I hear you. Their side. I hear you. And then, and, and maybe that's, look, it might be. It might have something to do with that. Um I mean, whether it's justified or not, that's a whole other thing. I, 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 don't, I don't know. know. But I'm, it I'm also just, might be. And, and, and then think you throw about in this the, stuff because yeah, of the connotations. The yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you, and then you you throw in the independent contractor thing into all of this, and it gets even messier than... You and know, Andrew Yang uh, is still, uh, it's yeah. still a thing. And, and not just Andrew Yang, but now, for the first time ever, SAG is actually acknowledging wrestlers. So if, yes. if anything, like, that could end up being the biggest thing that comes from all of this. But again, it also could have been that this is the biggest way for other people to step in and try to compete with WWE. over, the, Like, to step in and say... Why would anybody want to re-sign a WWE if we're going to offer them a contract that's an actual contract and they're going to come be an employee over here? Now, the cost of that makes it so that nobody would ever step in that way. Like, it's just not occurring because nobody wants to take on the cost of insurance and the whole deal. Like, it's what they've acknowledged essentially is that uh, there's a reason why WWE does things the way that they do. Um, we're not going to try to fight with that. But the free market... It's a conservative principle. I get this, but the free market can sort some of that out, right? Like it does allow for there to be a place where if another company wants to start being a professional wrestling company or someone else with money wants to have a professional wrestling company, a great way to compete would be to step in and say, you know, we're going to make you guys employees instead of being independent contractors. Don't you want to come sign with us now? Well, so I, I do think in this case, though, in, in this very specific play, case where you're saying that you have to be a WWE employee for 24 hours, there may be a, a situation where the government steps in and says this isn't a free market thing. This is a you're telling these people they are employees. They are employees 24 seven and you're the not making issue. them employees. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could absolutely be a thing. There's no doubt about so it. So here's here's exactly what the SI article said, said. 
Um, WWE, specifically McMahon, considered this a breach of contract, responded by terminating her contract. Sources close to WWE informed Sports Illustrated that following discussions regarding Twitch, upper management felt Trinidad boxed them into a difficult situation by opening the OnlyFans account. I mean... You know, that's that's it's a I, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know what to say about that. I don't know what to say about that. Um, right. It, 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 but it's definitely that smells like it's going to be feels like an icky statement. Right. I to some extent like they're trying you know. to imply that. Listen, oh, the only fans like I'm not making this up. You guys all think the same thing when you hear someone has an only. I understand correct? that. But I, I don't know if they're no, no, no. Hold on. Let me right. finish. They're using that to trigger that thought. Right? Maybe it might I, be that. I, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Or, or it's it's also plausible that if she had done it on some other site, Patreon, whatever, they would have said the same thing. Uh, we, just course, con- but, we just had a con. We just had a con. It's possible that they weren't really, you know, they were talking about Twitch, but they weren't really talking about Twitch. You know, it was that hey, take this down. You know, we're, we're going to get. Like, you know, we're going to offer you some unaccept. You know, so- something unacceptable to do this. You know, we'll give you. You know, twenty five percent of the money you're making. So you're talking about it, but you're not really talking about it. Well, right. right. And if and if and if they constructed the statement in this way, like, it almost makes it sound like, look, we were trying to be reasonable, but then she did this. And, yeah, and, that's definitely them framing it. Yeah. Well, of course it's them framing it, but I don't know what what you're saying about it being OnlyFans. I don't know if it's specific that it again. If she happened no, no, to no, have no. signed I mean, up for, for public perception, it. They could think that that makes them sound justified because of what, because like if you told me like without me really thinking about it, like when I think about it more, I'm like okay, whatever. But like if you just told me that like three people, WWE superstars, women opened OnlyFans, I'd be like, uh oh, like that would like I don't get that same See, but reaction. I, but, I, now, now, but I wouldn't because, because Twitch an issue I do right. I and I wouldn't because I just wouldn't expect anybody employed by the WWE to be doing anything pornographic. Like I, I, I wouldn't believe that would be something that that would exist, right? So I, I just wouldn't react the same way. Um, I, I look, man, I, I don't think we're gonna solve didn't this problem. They, didn't they get mad at Lana from posting like bikini pictures? Yes, on they did. Instagram, they did. Well, it but was, that, and it was, it was paid, it was paid advertisements too. Like that, yeah, that was, and, the other and that's thing. exactly what the OnlyFans. I mean, her, her, she's advertising bikini pictures and lingerie pictures on her OnlyFans. That's her words. So. Like, if they were mad that Lana posted bikini pictures on Instagram, like, how mad are they about that? But what what do they have the right to govern? And that and again, well, that's this a is a whole other. Th- I'm just I'm not saying the right. This is a yeah. No, this is all, a bigger listen, conversation is, than we are capable in, of solving. Yes, this is entirely more icky than not, in my opinion. My my gut feeling is, them doing this stuff is more icky than not. But I point out all these things just because of the grayness of it all. Because there's perceptions public perceptions they're protecting there's all this i'm not saying that it's i i think it's all bullshit i don't think any of these people are doing anything that is um putting the company in jeopardy i mean i think i I think in the case of twitch it might actually help the company I i don't disagree with that at all but i do still think that there is I, I'm going to sound like I'm in the in the bed of big business i'm not i want to make right. that very clear i'm just trying Same to present here. i just want to point out like I'm totally against them doing this. I'm right. just trying to point I'm out try- some nuance. We're trying to right. We're trying to have a conversation about what's going on. I I do understand why every big company is not going to allow everything to be the wild wild west. That you right. it, it it it's going. There are going to be situations that come up that you're going to have to deal with, and you want to have as much control of them as you possibly can. And again, I'm not sympathetic to them in any way. Right? Like they're WWE. They're going to be just fine. 
Like they're they're not losing anything because Zelina Vega is making some money doing an OnlyFans or something like that. They're going to be quite all right. And again, to Aaron's point, they might ultimately benefit from that. But what they're really trying to get in front of is the person that says, "Hey, if you sign up for my OnlyFans, um, uh, I'll give away uh, a secret about something, right? Like you might learn things if you sign up for this site that you would never know about professional wrestling. What what are the there needs to be rules of how you go about doing this and you know, I, this I, is this is like completely different, but kind of along the same things. That this is something that could affect Aaron, you, myself. One hundred percent. Yeah. There's there's several people I've talked to that work for several different companies, all of which now have social media policies. Correct. And sure. if you post the wrong thing or represent yourself the wrong way on social media, you absolutely can lose your job. Well, I and, mean, I've I've had friends that have lost jobs. Like, yes, you know, like I mean, I, I was I was told going to into the election, be very careful what you post today. Yep. Sure, right, of course. I mean, some and of us just do that in general because we we've learned our lessons. Like, I I am I'm, I'm far less interesting. I admit that these days on social media because like I, there's a million things I think about tweeting about, and then I just say, nope, nothing's good coming from this. I can't. Just forget it. Or replying to comments or whatever. Yep. Yeah, same. Just nope. And and I'm not saying like that all feels a little bit icky too. Um, but like I also understand it. And so there's something <laughs> out there in the realm of like I sort of get what they're going through, but I it just is coming off to what's the word totalitarian yeah i mean i, I think the problem and 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 a big problem with this is the you know again the the switching it in the middle this was fine until it wasn't there is the perception that they're just mad that wrestlers are making money yeah. on the side there there is 100% that perception and just uh, unlike all of these other places and not all i shouldn't say all but you know in in for the most part when you get a job there's kind of a standard contract and because of the fact that these are independent contractors because there is no union because of a lot of other things it, it you know it, it always feels like it is stacked against the wrestlers that and which is a problem yeah. which is why yeah. i think actually the biggest thing this this you know introduction of sag back into the picture could end up being the most interesting thing out of all. All right, of this. we're gonna end up being way over this week, and we still need to get to Danny Mays. So um, we'll just—I know that like the the future. We'll talk about the future of the Thunderdome whenever we need to talk about it. We can push that one off this week. It's not go race tank. I mean, sure, fine, whatever. I mean, it's just not all that important. They're they're moving to the Tropicana Field apparently. Great. So there you go. Now we know that. And baseball season might start. Who knows? I have no idea. Um, Is there a dome there? Yes, there's a dome. Tropicana Field okay. is a dome. Yes, got it. Correct. Well, as we talked about at the start of this week's show, guys, obviously we lost an absolute uh, legend in our area in the professional wrestling world this week, and um, there are not enough good things that you can say about R.J. Meyer, the bruiser. Um, joining us now, someone who's a friend of ours, and we've actually never had him on the show before, and I hate that it's under these circumstances that we're doing it. He, of course, uh, you see him at MCW, he's the ring announcer, and um he's uh, you know I, what, what are they calling um justin roberts now the the dapper what's his title in AEW? it's the the dapper yapper this man even more dapper than the great justin roberts he is danny mays and he joins us now on jobbing out uh danny it's great to chat with you bud i hate that it is under these circumstances man but thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this week yeah absolutely guys uh, couldn't agree more i um Wish it was under better circumstances, but but anything we can do to remember uh, RJ is, is good with me. Um, we talked a lot about it to start the show, Danny. R- RJ, to me, he he was professional wrestling, right? Like this, 
I, I try to explain in this. If you, the reason why this business will never die is because there will always be a bruiser. There will always be someone that a child will go see somewhere and say, that's a superhero. I, I, I want to be like that. I'm in love with that. He, to me, was professional wrestling. Before we even talk about RJ as a person, seeing the bruiser and what he meant to kids and the fans who would come out to MCW shows, can you possibly explain it to anyone? Sure, dude, I can because I was one of those kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I was watching RJ in my, in my teenage years, um, and, and exactly what you just said. I mean, larger-than-life persona, uh, amazing in the ring. Uh, I've never seen him have a bad match. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've kind of watched him uh, transcend generations um, in, in Maryland wrestling and mean so much to, uh, to, to kids that, that, were, that grew up into adults and then their kids. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you talk about in the ring in front of the camera, um, he, he's one of the best I've, I've, I've seen, um, especially when you consider this area. Um, but, I mean, the enormity of, of what he gave back. Uh, to the industry um, is it just is even more important. You, you know, I think everyone around Maryland when they came to MCW and even not MCW, just seeing him around, got to know the Bruiser. What was RJ like as a person? Um, one of the and and I mean this this isn't because he's passed. I mean, if you look <laughs> that my my Facebook for once, um, his last gift to the world was to make Facebook not full of political BS for a couple of days. I mean, it was just. Um, uh, undisputed, one of the nicest guys um, that I've ever been around. Um, and you know, with me, I mean, yeah, I, I'm just a ring announcer, right? I mean, there's really no, um, there's no reason he had to be as nice to me as he was. Justin Schlegel did a beautiful tribute um, the other day and said something really similar in that, you know, he welcomed everybody into his home and that locker room, that MCW family, that was his. Um, he, he was, he was the gatekeeper for sure. Um, so, you know, I learned so, so much about my craft, uh, from him. He was always willing to give advice, um, feedback on, you know, on anything anyone did. Um, but he also wasn't afraid to call you out on your BS. I mean, and I think that as a trainer, when you see some of the guys, he guys and girls that he helped develop, um, that that's an integral part of the training process. I mean, it, he could he could be a, a, a jovial brother one minute and be a dad beating your ass down the next minute. Um, <laughs> wh whatever he had to do to uh, to help you grow. And I mean, it, he made everybody around him better. And I mean, that is the the, the main quality of a of a good human being. I mean, he made all of us uh, better. At, at better wrestlers, better announcers, uh, but better human beings. I mean, I just can't. I just can't stress that enough. Danny Mays is with us, ring announcer for MCW, as we remember the Bruiser. Um, Danny, I, I feel like there are people, and and we've got like a lot of listeners out in Seattle because AJ used to play there. We've got connections there, but there might be people around the country that are like, you know, you guys are talking about some. I don't even know who this guy is, right? Like, I, I never saw him show up in WWE or, or, or other places. And I, in a way, I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I, I'm hoping you can help me with trying to explain this. I almost feel like it makes his story so much more important. Like, this was someone that could have done any of those things. He was talented enough to have been a, a superstar wrestler, 
but his impact was helping other guys who would go on to become superstars. His impact was making this area matter, was making MCW, which like he was in on the ground floor of and was was barely a thing, um, become one of the most important pe- independent wrestling promotions on the East Coast, if not in the country. Like In a strange way, I feel like his impact was so much more significant than just if he had gone and you know signed somewhere and become some famous wrestler working for a big company. I 100% agree, and you know what? Those people in Seattle may not know who the Bruiser was, but they damn sure know who Lita, Mickey James, Leo Rush, the Velveteen Dream, and all those are. RJ didn't care about um, – he cared more about other people and developing uh, you know, developing talent than he did about his own uh, fame and fortune. And, 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 I, and I agree with you. That makes his story uh, all the better. Uh, Dan McDevitt, uh, I think – summarized it as best as anyone can he's absolutely the greatest wrestler that never got national attention um it's just his impact on the professional wrestling industry it is is so enormous and i think that um and i'm sure we'll talk about it or maybe you already did um that'll become really really clear to people that tune into our uh our bruiser strong broadcasts uh on saturday night you're gonna hear from a lot of people uh that owe their careers uh, to RJ. Danny, you want to go ahead and get a plug in that before I let uh, Aaron jump back in? Because I, it's I, I know what you guys are doing, and I, and I and I know that you guys are gonna at some point do like an actual wrestling show, and you know I, I know Dan's talked about you know putting it at a really big place because of how many people have reached out. But in the meantime, because we can all be together, you guys have put something together really special for Saturday. Um, it, it is, um, and it was such an honor to be a part of it. Um, it's it's Bruiser Strong tribute to a legend. Um, Saturday night, six o'clock. Um, it's going to be simulcast on uh, Facebook Live on the MCW uh, Pro Wrestling Facebook, as well as our YouTube channel and on Twitch. Uh, so the easiest way to get to all the links is uh, MCW Pro Wrestling uh, on Facebook. So I mean, this this does have some of uh, his hand picked favorite matches. Uh, so it'll be. You know what he feels like is is, is the most uh, important uh, milestones in his catalog. Uh, just a, a a myriad of tributes from uh, local uh, talent, but also uh, plenty of talent that you'll uh, <laughs> that anyone will recognize that's a fan of professional wrestling. And we do also have uh, several uh, new matches, uh, new content that that uh, that will be that will be aired on Saturday as well. So I mean, it was really important to all of us. Um, to be involved with this tribute, um, yeah, I, I wish that that he could have been here to see it because, in a lot of ways, um, it, it's it's for an audience of one, and and we know that he'll still be watching, uh, but wish wish he could have been here with us uh, to see it because uh, I think he would. Um, he's such a humble guy, and I think that you know he he needed to see, and he knew, but I mean, t- this really just really presses home the point of of how. Um, important he was to, to all of us. And, and you, you kind of mentioned it, uh, in that tribute is that, you know, it wasn't just people around here when, when the news came out, you saw, you know, nationally known names, guys like Christopher Daniels guys, you know, Matt Hardy obviously had, had a close relationship with MCW, but guys who had only passed through maybe once or twice, uh, giving their thoughts about RJ and, and what did it mean to you guys to see that? And what was it about him that, you know, you could meet him once and, and he would have such an impact on, on uh, the wrestling community. 
Well, I think for the for the uh, the national talent that came through the MCW locker room, it was really eye opening for them to see, you know, RJ the Ring General and and how he, uh, you know, going back to what I said earlier, you know, that was his locker room, and I think that in independent wrestling, sometimes you don't get the level. Of, I mean, we run a tight operation. I have absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot a lot of folks that really run a tight ship over at MCW, and the national talent. Um, appreciates that. I mean, they they come through, and it's a different experience for them. And and RJ was front and center for that. You know, we would always he would be in the matches with, um, you know, with that national talent because we knew that he could make those matches uh, as good as they could possibly be. So I mean, you know, it, it, I think I don't want to speak for Dan and Dennis and and uh, Dean and all those guys, but I think to see the the tributes coming in just validated what we already knew to be true about RJ. Um, so, but it, but it was, it was extremely heartwarming and um, it just goes to show the impact he had under the radar uh, on the entire professional wrestling industry. It really is a, an, an amazing story. Danny, when I say this, I, I want to be clear, like <laughs> MCW is going to continue and is going to go on. Um, even now that we've lost the bruise, we've lost RJ, but is it too much to say that like MCW is the bruiser like that that the identity of this now again iconic indie is related solely to take nothing away from Dan and to Dennis and to anybody else who's been involved with it over the years but like this is the soul the, uh, the bruiser is the soul of why it is that MCW has been you know has been able to become such a significant player in independent wrestling a hundred percent, and and I, and I can speak for them um, in saying that they would a hundred percent agree. I, I think that um, in a way we'll all never be the same, but in another way, I think all of us, um, you know, Bruiser Strong wasn't just something that we put on bracelets and T-shirts. Um, it was a lifestyle uh, it, for RJ and something that he instilled in all of us um, in ring talent, behind the scenes. Uh, you know, he had his he had his footprint on everything. So I think that. We're all going to redouble our efforts to 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 live Bruiser Strong and put on shows Bruiser Strong and so I mean I think that it, not only was he the heart and soul of MCW but he still is and he will always be. Yeah, I, I and I appreciate that man and I you know it's it is really hard for me to imagine like going to an MCW show and and RJ not being yeah. there, dude. Like it's just. You know, it, it. When I say like this is professional wrestling, this is this is why the business works is because you know, as you pointed out, growing up, watch this is the guy. This is why it is that we are all into this business is because there's somebody like this, and uh, the quality of the human being that he is has gone such a long way beyond that. Um, Danny, we, you want to plug this again on Saturday night? Um, all, all the various locations where people can go to see it. Uh, absolutely. Um, the the uh, mcwprowrestling.com is is our website. That'll have the link. Um, Facebook Live, uh, facebook.com slash mcwprowrestling. Uh, it'll also be simulcast on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, so we'll, we'll be bouncing all the links out. So the best thing to do is just to follow the, uh, the MCW social media. Uh, I do also want to mention if you go to the MCW page, there is a GoFundMe up um, yeah. for his family, um, for his, you know, he has uh, two younger children. Um, so we're definitely still, um, you know, that, you, that, uh, GoFundMe has been up, uh, since, you know, his battle with leukemia commenced, but, uh, it is still up, um, to, to kind of give the family some, uh, financial relief, uh, during this time as well. I appreciate that. And that, you know, we donated, I donated a couple times, but a hundred percent, uh, something that we should keep throwing in for, 
Um, just an unfathomable tragedy. Um, uh, Danny, I, and it, by the way, it's at Danny Mays on Twitter. Danny's got a great band. Um, I, we, we love him. I, I, I wish I, – I, this is a promise, all right? We're going to do this next time and just have you come hang out and, like, talk about fun things, all right? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, like, there, there's nothing more important right now than uh, than letting people know uh, the impact that RJ had on um, me as a person and just – the world of pro wrestling and beyond. So yeah, and I'd I, love, I'd love to come back and be a little more jovial. We can have the, the sheets versus Wawa battles and, and, and all that. Fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's no battle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's good to hear. Maybe, maybe we can all just coalesce around that. This would be a good common this ground for joke. everyone. Uh, uh, Danny, love you, man. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. And, and, and please our best to everybody with MCW. I can, I just, I, you know, I'm talking to guy, all the guys this week. I know it's just been, one of the most heartbreaking things that anybody's ever had to deal with. So we're thinking about everybody, and we love everybody. Really appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you. Okay. Thank you again to Danny. That's a very difficult thing to do, and um, I really appreciate him taking the time for us. As um, yeah, We've just absolutely lost a legend, man. There's no doubt about that. All right, uh, boys, let's wind down for the week. Um, do we have anything? Uh, Aaron, you want to plug VEASAN? Yeah, I'll plug VEASAN. Check out VEASAN.com. You can listen to us on uh, SiriusXM 204 if you have Xfinity. We have an app on Xfinity. If you're listening in Nesson or MSG territory, we're on in those uh, regions of the country. And, uh, yeah, you can sign up for picks. Get all the gambling info you want. VEASAN.com, so go check it out. All right. Very good. At the AOster on Twitter. Uh, Brandon, do you have something that you would like to plug? Yeah, you know, it's uh, that time of year when you want to get the fireplace going, right? Like, uh, so make sure you check out that uh, KFC Yuletide oh log. God. I am such an idiot for having not ever purchased those in my life. I need <laughs> to get some of those at some point in the future. At uh, Brandon Linton on Twitter. I do have something that I want to plug. Um, look, this is the most difficult year ever for doing anything, uh, clearly. Um, but in particular, we've uh, every year we've raised, um, uh, we've collected coats and clothes for the Helping Up mission here in Baltimore and the people that need it the most. And there's never been a more difficult year for us to do that. And we are, as of this moment, scheduled to have an event on December 14th at Looney's and Perry Hall um, with uh, former Raven Michael McCrary uh, before the Ravens-Browns game. We'll be there 630 to 830. Bring your clothes, uh, any donations you can make, coats, anything like that. We'd appreciate it. Um, I, I would hope that we could be able to get people out there. But we also know that a lot of people are just uncomfortable with going out at all. Totally understand that. So for the first year ever, we're also going to take cash donations. So my Venmo and my PayPal are open, glennclarkradio at gmail.com. We are suggesting 2020. Get it? $20.20. $20. But we will take any donations. Some people have really already blown me away. And what we're going to do is we're going to take that money. And the reason why we're doing it, instead of having you donate directly to Helping Up, we're going to take the money and we're going to go shopping. And we're going to purchase some more clothes for the folks who need it at Helping Up, um, including things that we don't want you to donate, like um, like socks and underwear. Because, you know, we shouldn't be donating those things. So uh, we're going to go purchase some new ones. So please, if you uh, if you have a couple bucks and you'd be willing to think about it, uh, glennclarkradio at gmail.com, PayPal, or Venmo for us to try to help take care of helping up mission here in Baltimore this holiday season. Appreciate that. Uh, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, glennclarkradio.com. At AJ Francis 410 thanks again to him. Thanks again to the Young Bucks. And thanks again to Danny Mays for joining us this week. 
for Aaron, for Brandon, and for the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis. I am Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out. Fuck Pat McAfee. <laughs>